Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. <laughs> know is that Michael Avenatti has been arrested for domestic violence. Uh, according to the LAPD, he has been booked on felony domestic violence charges. I have never struck a woman. I never will strike a woman. I have been an advocate for women's rights, and I'm going to continue to be an advocate. are doing smear campaigns and trying to go after people with criminal allegations that have absolutely no evidence, absolutely no credibility or merit behind them. Left-wingers never do this. Never, ever, ever. Do not call it even. They're goddamn liars. And our side almost never does it, okay? But if a left-winger did it, first of all, they'd be immediately disowned. I doubt it. You are fake news. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. Very fake news. I am Jack Braver, he is. Alright, go, go. Five, four, three. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen, flanked on my right. As always, bye my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Early this week, I was worried it was going to be a slow news week. There weren't a lot of spicy stories around. And then, uh, bam, Michael Avenatti gets arrested on uh, some type of domestic assault allegation. And later in the week, a member of Congress says if there's a war over his gun confiscation plan, the government will nuke its way out of it. So plenty of spice after all. We'll get to all that. Plus, the results are in for the remaining lingering races in the midterms, at least the governor and Senate varieties. We'll check in with the final tallies there. A federal judge in D.C. restores Jim Acosta's press pass. But uh, I don't think any of this is the big deal that Jim Acosta or some in the media are making this out to be. When you read what the judge actually said, it's not... It's not a one. It's not a great victory for the First Amendment. It actually has nothing to do with the First Amendment. You're telling me Jim Acosta is overstating his case? Couldn't, no, couldn't be. There's a little bit of me that's kind of glad he'll be there, though, because I like the show. I yeah. really do. Couldn't I, they I just have to send somebody it. less insufferable, though? Well, that kind of undercuts the CNN case too. That this has something to do with some great hostility against the press. Funny, as far right. as I know, there are. Dozens of other CNN reporters who have press passes to the White House, just not Jim Acosta temporarily. But we'll see what the judge had to say. And uh, big news this week as well in what might be the greatest GoFundMe hoax of all time. I don't know where it ranks in terms of the revenue earned through this hoax, but it's got to be up there. That couple and the homeless veteran, this story seems like it was yesterday, but I guess it was a year ago. 
There no was this, way. Yeah, it was November 2017 that this wow. story came out. This homeless veteran, this couple says they, they were out of gas, they had no money. This homeless veteran gave him his last 20 bucks for, for a tank of gas. And it was this big deal on the news. They set up a GoFundMe supposedly for his benefit, raised something like half a billion dollars. And then as, as far as I understand, infighting developed about how to distribute the yeah. money. Did we ever talk about this? Because I always thought that the story seemed suspicious. I can't remember. I don't know if we did on the show or not. But it turns out that by virtue of their infighting, it was revealed that right. the whole thing was a scam. <laughs> well played, guys. <laughs> Plus, a, uh, a case of sus- suspected hoax hate in my neck of the woods and mm-hmm. some surprise cringe to make, uh, to make its return to close the show. Uh, and we will take super chats, of course, through YouTube or Streamlabs in between topics, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show, because, of course, we are no good lowdown money grabbers. It's going to be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Thank you for liking us on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. And thank you for emailing us. That's beauty and the beta at gmail.com. If you want to take the show on the go, listen to the audio platforms. They're all linked in the description for you. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and more wherever you find your podcasts. You can find us a couple announcements and a piece of art before we get into some stories. Um, in case you're curious, if there are any of the football-minded people out there noting that I am, in fact, live during the Vikings game, yes, I do have a feed of the Vikings game on a side monitor, uh, and I'm going to kind of peek at it here and there. Uh. So if I, seem, if I seem mildly distracted, that might be that might be why. But the thing is, the Vikings got flexed to Sunday night. It was not the plan that they were going to be playing at this time. And since we already moved the show what was it, two, three weeks ago? And the Vikings are playing Sunday night again next weekend. I thought, I can't reschedule the show like three times that, in a month. I thank you. That would have been a little silly. I, I would have to acknowledge that. Good. Uh, so we're going to go on as normal tonight. Next week, given the Thanksgiving holiday, we're going to, normally we've taken that off, the Thanksgiving holiday, the last have two we? years. Yeah, we've taken, that's been the one Sunday of the year we've taken oh, off okay. is the Thanksgiving Sunday. We're going to do a short show. Yeah, we'll just do like a half show. We'll do like an hour show on All Sunday right. night. The uh, length so that, that this show used to be. Remember those the, days? Yeah, that, the, that was the pre the super chat days. The show was oh, an yeah. hour. Your favorite hour of listening material. Now it's favorite couple hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, the call-in show, we're still going to go ahead and do it the, the, the Wednesday night, this Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. If enough people show up, we'll do the full 90 minutes. If it's low turnout, then we'll just take calls uh, until there aren't any more. So the call-in show will go on as planned. Those are, uh, those are all my announcements, but I do have a cool piece of artwork from listener Gloria. And, and she tells me she's working on a piece of art uh, of you as well, but she sent me this kind of a stylized pop art image from uh, that cat video I made. You're talking about assault cats or whatever it was. And there was a reference to one of my assault cats. So uh, she took a frame from the video and stylized it. I told her, um, not that I'm in any rush to redo the artwork for this show because we haven't even had it for a year and I actually really love the artwork for this show. So I'm not in any rush to change it anytime soon. But I did tell her, you know, I really like this style. If you're interested in working together to redo the artwork later in the future, maybe we could do something along these lines. But I, I thought the style was really cool. So thanks to Gloria for putting that together couple of pieces of small news before we hop into uh, some of the bigger stories. Did you get a chance to read about this potentially uh, forthcoming YouTube competitor? Yeah, it sounds uh, hopeful, but we'll see about this. 
This is something called Portal. And uh, a listener sent me this this week. I'm, I'm very happy to, to read about it, frankly. Uh, this, according to Business Insider, on Tuesday, an ad-free video streaming platform was launched. Uh, I've gone to look at this website, uh, this Portal platform's website. And to me, it looks like it's just uh, in its infancy, like it's a kind of a placeholder website right now where you can sign up for news and stuff like that. But they're I don't see working way... on it, presumably. Yeah. I don't see a way that you can post post videos just yet. But the idea behind this new YouTube competitor is this. It's, it's um, well, I should say it's the project of Jonathan Swerdlin. He, was, uh, he started his career in e-commerce. He says he was inspired by Radiohead's album back in 2007, which was on sale for whatever price you wanted to pay, apparently. Really? Uh, but the, apparently that was a thing. I, I was not aware of this prior to that. Huh. But uh, the idea of Portal is basically this, that, that content uh, is by default free and users pay what they want. There is no advertising on Portal. It's just you upload, people can tip like PayPal or they can sign up for a subscription like Patreon. And you can contribute as little as 10 cents or as much as 100 bucks. Um, and uh, apparently there's a bunch of money behind this too. Swerdland says uh, he's raised $4.2 million for the project, including a bunch of money from Mark Cuban, the Dallas Mavericks owner, the the guy ah. you see on, um, if you've ever watched Shark Tank, that guy, he's on Shark Tank frequently. Uh, Swerdland has also spoken kind of critically about um, about YouTube's advertising model, or at least its historical advertising model. And he says this results in censorship um, by either the platform or the creative creators themselves. He speaks uh, to the idea that you should be able to say what you want generally and people who like the content should be able to support it. So I like what I'm hearing from the guy who's uh, running this website. And even if it doesn't... I'm sure they'll fail you miserably soon. I'm sure they might. And I'm not going to say like this is for sure going to succeed. But the positive I take away from this, what I'm really happy to see is, one, the type of maybe the type of competitor we've been hoping for for a long time that the market might fix some of these issues as opposed to the, you know, the hand of government, that sort of thing. But, uh, but two, even if it doesn't succeed, this should put some competitive pressure on YouTube and Patreon. And if the, if there's even a little bit, a little breath of success for this company, maybe it might nudge YouTube and Patreon in the right directions and away from this censorious attitude, but maybe I'm yeah, wishful thinking I don't too. Think so. I, I don't know. No matter what, I don't think it's a negative. I think it's positive news for everybody involved. So we'll see where it goes. Again, that's uh, what if it fails miserably and then reduces future interest in competitors creating this kind of website again. If it fails to that degree, maybe there's something inherently wrong with that. That uh, that I can find a negative in any situation. I've been saying for a long time though that YouTube should have sniped Patreon already, basically, and built in a Patreon-like feature into it. They did. They kind of did. They made this like sponsor my channel feature or something like that. But it was so convoluted and and complicated. I tried to set it up for my channel, and you had to have YouTube review crap, and it just it was a pain in the ass. So I said, "Screw it, I'm going to stick with Patreon." But what was Cuban's thing? We covered him on the show a while ago. He was a Hillary guy, right? Was he? I don't know. I thought he. I I, I thought he was Is somewhat right, of a political independent, but I don't know if he, maybe he supported Hillary. I don't know. I just remember hating him for something that I now cannot remember. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I I can't remember much of his uh, political takes, to be honest. What was so. the big controversy? Let me know in the live chat. I can't remember. Yeah, he in, was uh, a Hillary guy. Yeah. Hmm. In uh, in an update to a story we covered previously, remember just after Christmas last year, there was that big swatting case in Wichita, Kansas. Yes. 
it was a, some dispute over Call of Duty, and the this guy Tyler Barris in California was having an art. Well, actually, he was there was an argument over Call of Duty. Tyler Barris, a known swatter, was hired by one of the people in the dispute to swat supposedly the other guy, but the the address was false. Police showed up at this guy's house in Wichita, Kansas. The guy was confused. He walked out on his porch. He didn't exactly follow police commands and they shot him dead. An unarmed father of two who was 28 years old. His name was Andrew Finch. Um, on, uh, let's see on this week on Tuesday, uh, Barris, the swatter pleaded guilty to 51 federal charges. When I first saw this story, I thought 51. I mean, what he did is terrible, but how are there 51? This, uh, this, the prosecution actually covered a lot of different charges against him, a lot of different incidents. So it turns out this guy also called bomb threats against FCC and FBI headquarters in December. He also committed credit card fraud, uh, in addition to other swattings against schools, malls, homes, a movie theater, a museum, and other buildings. So that's why wow, he, was, he was a busy boy. He was swatting all day, every day, apparently. Uh, Barris will be incarcerated for 20 years if he writes apology letters to the police, dispatchers, and the family of Andrew Finch. So he's got to write. I'm sure some... that'll make everybody feel better about this. I know. I was kind of thinking that was sort of. I, I assume the people who are getting those letters want them, but it seems to me like if my family member was killed by an illegal swatting, I don't give a shit about an like, apology oh, wow, letter. There's so the... much solace in this apology letter. Thank you. Mm. It's almost like you didn't kill this person in my family. Yeah. He will also ha- be on five-year supervision after leaving prison, pay $5,000 for Finch's funeral costs and $5,100 in other fees. Doesn't seem like enough. Yeah, I was sort of surprised that that's all the cash in play is 10 grand for... Yeah. I did say could- last time when we talked about this, this guy should get life in prison, and there was a surprising amount of controversy in our comment section about hmm. it. I can, I can see both sides of it. Ultimately, though, I do consider this akin to... I don't know what the legal term would be. I wouldn't say it's akin to like premeditated murder. You know, it's not the same thing as like planning out and carrying out the murder of a specific yeah, person, but it's, it's certainly like a negligent, what is a manslaughter, the term or whatever it would be. Like you killed a guy, maybe even it's a degree beyond that because you willingly created the circumstances that were fatal for him with the intent that they be extremely dangerous and, and right, fatal by and nature. Hostile. And this yeah. is an obvious consequence of a, of a hostile swatting situation. And yeah. You have to think that this is something that might happen when you do. That. Yeah. Like if I were to put this, if I were to rank this in degrees of bad, I, I think it's worse than like accidentally hitting a person with your car and killing them. Assuming you're sober and all that stuff, whatever. I think it's not as bad as planning out the murder of someone for a week and then going there and killing them yourself, like strangling with them, you. shooting them somewhere in there, somewhere in there. Anyway, uh, so but at least uh, at least he's going to be in jail for a long time. I, I think we can all agree that's a good thing. The uh, <laughs> this story really made me laugh um, this week. On Friday, Joe Biggs, uh, a veteran and former Infowars reporter, I recall him at Infowars. I'm not sure what he's doing now, but he hasn't actually worked he's at Infowars. He's not since, at Infowars anymore. He hasn't been since 2016. Does Infowars so, still exist? Yes. I know that because it's going to be referenced later on in the show, too. So um, so he's out tweeting uh, on Friday. He says, so basically Rep Swalwell, Congressman Eric Swalwell from, uh, from California, the Bay Area. Basically, Eric Swalwell wants a war because that's what you get 
You're out of your fucking mind if you think I'll give up my rights and give the government all the power. And what Joe Biggs is referencing is um, is this, this op-ed that Eric Swalwell wrote back in May. I did a video on this at the time. It's called Ban Assault Weapons, Buy Them Back, Go After Resistors. And Eric Swalwell explains his plan that we could buy back, have a mandatory buyback program for all the quote-unquote assault weapons in the country for the low, low price of $15 billion, <laughs> we will offer each and every assault weapon owner up to $1,000 for each weapon. And he wrote, quote, we should criminally prosecute any who choose to defy it by keeping their weapons. So Joe Biggs is, for some reason, this was recirculating Twitter, this op-ed from Eric Swalwell. And Joe, Joe Biggs is referring to this and saying, yeah, you do this. That's a recipe for civil war, dude. Of course. Which, which I think a lot of people, myself included, would agree with. Eric Swalwell himself personally responds because he was tagged in this tweet from Joe Biggs and says, and it would be a very short war, my friend. The government has nukes, too many of them, but they're legit. In case you wondered if the government's nukes were legit, they are in fact legit. I'm sure if we talked, we could find common ground to protect our families and communities. Oh, this is so stupid. Uh, now, in, this, this tweet obviously got ratioed. Right now, there's some 22,000 replies, so this kind of caught <laughs> fire. Uh, and, uh, and so Swalwell c- comes back and, sa- and claims he was being sarcastic, and he says, look, this is America's gun debate in one thread. I propose a buyback of assault weapons. Gun owner, gun owner says he'll go to war with USA if that happens. I sarcastically point out the USA isn't losing to his assault weapon. It's not the 18th century. I'm called a tyrant and zero progress. Your thoughts? I mean, I love how the left cares about nuance and shades of gray when they're getting shit on and ratioed by everybody. Hmm. Um, but I mean, it, it wasn't, it was kind of veiled sarcasm. It seems like it was kind of rooted in some truth. And it made it sound like, you know, he wants the government to nuke large swaths of its own country for gun control. I, I don't even know what yeah. he's trying to say here. Well, there's two ways to take it. I think some people are taking this very seriously and some people are taking him at his word that this was intentionally sarcastic. I don't know. Um, it's so stupid. Gonna, he must have been being sarcastic. If I'm going to take funny. it, if I'm going to take it seriously, the only thing I'll say is friendly reminder, rifles kill like three to 400 people per year. And that's rifles generally, not just your so-called assault weapons. That's rifles. Okay. Yeah. So if you're serious about general themes of war over resistance to protect and protection of these rifles, are you are we really going to start killing thousands of people to protect the 300 or so who might be victimized by people using these kind of rifles? If you're treating it seriously, the math is absurd on its own. But um, but I actually don't. Um, I don't believe like I don't think that's a serious threat to nuke the population. Obviously, I don't treat it quite as seriously as some people are. But to your point. People should if, treat it seriously, though, and if, give these people a taste of their own medicine. They wouldn't allow us any nuance. Yeah. Well, and, and if there is a joke, jokes, as you said, they have an element of truth. So I would like Eric Swalwell to explain to me, what's the element of truth? Because right now, whether you're using a nuke or whether you're using, uh, I don't know, some kind of federal police force, you're still serious about the idea of coming to my house and confiscating my property, ironically, at gunpoint. Like, you're still talking about coming to my house with yeah. a gun to take right. my guns. And... 
if his point is that the government is all powerful, could never possibly be resisted, resisted. So resistance is futile. Okay. Uh, see Afghanistan, see Vietnam, see cases of all kinds of not highly organized militaries with small arms at their disposal, effectively resisting first world powers. Yeah. It, it happens, man. And that's kind of the point, you know, it's uh, your, your rifle never guarantees your success in self-defense. It just means you have a fighting chance. That's the point. So if, if I could follow up with Eric Swalwell, uh, granted, I don't, I'm, I don't think you're threatening me, but I would like you to explain to me the nugget of truth that you think you're exposing with this, with this joke. Yeah. That, that's what I'd like to hear. I think he was, the, the nugget of truth is that the U.S. government does have, um, they are capable of stopping some kind of 2A insurgency, should it come to that. I, I don't even know. I mean, maybe, I don't know I that I'm willing to grant like, that as if certain. If we can though. pass law, then there's basically nothing you stupid hicks can do about it. That's what I take away from it, but yeah. I don't know. And if that, is his, if that is his nugget of truth, then I still strongly disagree with it, and yep. that's kind of the point, yeah. But, uh, but he's maybe not even the stupidest member of the California congressional <laughs> delegation this week. Did you have a chance to listen to Senator Kamala Harris? Uh, yes. Discussing. Uh, she interrupts him like five times and then she's like, I'm still yeah. talking. So I didn't even know there was a nominee to be the new ice director, but apparently this guy is the acting ice director already and he's up for Senate confirmation. Uh, so there was this Senate confirmation hearing on Thursday. Trump's nominee to lead ICE, his name is Roner, uh, Ronald, I think he says Vitello is how it's pronounced in the actual hearing. Uh, but he's a former U.S. Border Patrol agent. As I said, he's currently serving as acting ICE director, and he's been there since June 30th. And apparently, Vitello tweeted in 2015 comparing Democrats to the KKK, called them like neo-Klansmen or something like that. And he was criticized for that by senators and he replied and said, yeah, that's regrettable. I, it was wrong. I shouldn't have done it. He said something like, I meant to DM it, but I accidentally tweeted it and it was uh, supposed to just be a joke. Just take ownership of what you said. He was like 90% of there taking ownership, but he still kind of copped out a little bit. Anyway. I hate is, to D'Souza you for a second, but you know the KKK is a democratic creation. <laughs> I wish I had a good D'Souza impression to repeat that talking point. But But yeah, point taken, like, the bulk of his um of his response is I said something I now regret. Fair enough. I don't yeah. think you can ask for a clear answer from him. Well, Kamala Harris wants to know: Do you think that not quite? Do you think there are parallels between ICE and the KKK? Do you think there are parallels in the perception? Of what ICE? a trap that was! Yeah. Do you realize it was patronizing and a trap because? What she's saying is that you're so disconnected from the American people that you aren't even aware that there is a perception yeah. of this. What does that even mean? It's such a nebulous term. Anyway, check out this. Check out this clip. Yeah, I left it a little bit long just because I I thought that the full exchange was necessary. So here's Kamala Harris and the uh, the nominee to lead ICE. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and I'd I'd like to emphasize your point. This is a hearing to determine who will be the next head of of ICE. And so this is about reviewing the perspective, the qualifications, and the experience of the nominee. So I want to return to the question that Senator Peters asked you about the statement you made describing the Democratic Party as liberal-cratic or neoclanist, which was, um, I think, the assumption there was that you were comparing it to the Ku Klux Klan. 
Ku Klux Klan, um, the KKK. No, it was wrong to do. Uh, Why was it wrong? Because those are offensive words. Why are they offensive? Because they have history in this country, and, and I, I honestly did not mean it that way. Please talk about the history. What is the history Don't that cuck. then Don't cuck, make those words wrong? The Klan was a, what we would call today a domestic terrorist group. Why, why would we call them domestic terrorist group? Because they tried to use fear and force to change political environment. And what was the motivation for the use of fear and force? It was based on race and ethnicity. Right. Are you aware of the perception yeah. <laughs> of um, many gotcha. about how the, the, the power and the discretion at ICE is being used to enforce the laws? And do you see any parallels? I do not see any parallels between I'm talking about officers and agents. I'm talking about perception. I, I do not see a parallel between what is constitutionally mandated as, in, as it relates to enforcing the law. Are you aware that there's a rights. perception? I see no are you aware that there's a that perception? That puts ICE in the same category as the KKK. Is that what you're asking me? Uh, no, I'm very specific <laughs> about what I'm asking you. Are you aware of a perception that the way that the discretion... I see to no I'm not finished. I see none. I'm not finished. Oh, that's I'm rich. Not finished. You Are you aware that there's bitch. a perception that, that ICE is administering its power in a way that is causing fear and intimidation, particularly among immigrants, and, and specifically among immigrants coming from Mexico and Central America? I, I do not see a parallel. Sir, how can you be the head of an agency and be unaware of how your agency is perceived by certain communities? There is a lot of perceptions in the media and in the public that are incorrect. Okay. Oh my God, I don't even know where to start. Okay, so what she's asking is, is virtually... Do, are you aware that a bunch of insane leftists that have to court this voting block of immigrants uh, perceive you as some kind of threat? Yeah. And he knows that like he's screwed no matter how he answers. You can tell she's so proud of her leading question. She's like, I have a plan. I'm going to get this guy. Yeah. Oh, she's so condescending. I want to smack her in the mouth. Yeah, there were a few things that uh, that stood out to me in that exchange. One, you see this all the time, but I have to mention it every time. Notice the conflation of illegals and immigrants. You're just right. going to call. You're just going to conflate illegal immigrants with legal ones. Lump them all in. Well, and what about says, the conflation of minority groups talking about black people who were citizens? Yeah. And illegal immigrants. It's yeah. like what? These people don't have anything in common. She says, "Quote." Uh, immigrants from uh, from Mexico and Central America. So my question on on this would be a few things. One, regardless of who you're try whose perception you're trying to appease, why should perception be considered by the ICE director at all? He just enforces the law. The law. So if you if you don't like the law, maybe you, Senator, lady who writes the laws, ought to change them. Right. Since that's your job, not mine as the ICE director, he can't reply that way, but I wish he could. Well, the left only but, cares about perception. Their worldview is based on how they're perceived by other people, not enforcement yeah. of actual legislation. And my follow-up question would be, if we're going to care about perception at all, why should perception by foreigners be our consideration <laughs> in, in writing and enforcing our law? Yeah. The perception by illegal immigrants, I'm sorry, I don't care about that perception even less. I care about that less than I care about the American population's perception. Okay. Um, but I wish, I wish I could ask her the same question, too. It's like, Senator Harris, are you aware that you're perceived by some to be a communist? Uh, and as, how can yeah. you as a senator not be aware of this perception. That, that people perceive you to be a dirty, filthy commie? 
how can you not respond to, how can you not alter your behavior in light of yeah. this perception, Senator Harris? Who clearly a, thinks she's way smarter than she actually is. It's a nonsensical standard. That being said, please run for president. I look forward to it. Oh, it would be such a freak show. <laughs> I hope that that happens. I think that she might. She's more intersectional than Cory Booker. And, mm -hmm. well, it's going to be a tie between her and Elizabeth Warren on the intersectionality scale. One of them's going to have to go Elizabeth lesbian. Warren is out and... Corey Booker, he's just too theatrical. No one's going to forget Spartacus or Tears of Rage, and it's going to yeah. define his campaign. Yeah. Plus, he's a man in the Me Too era, so they're not going to let. They're not going to. And he's been Me Tooed. Oh, that's right. And he actually has been Me Tooed by a guy about he the bathroom penned, encounter. He, oh, no, and no, there was there was, was another something one. Else. Right. He penned some op-ed about um about like trying to force himself on some girl mm. in high school. I might be totally messing so up So he has story. to do a whole bunch of flogs, uh, self-flogging at the yes. altar of social I'm sure he justice does it every to be night. considered as well. <laughs> Speaking of illegal immigrants generally, this footage out of Arkansas is crazy. They're, crazy. Um, there was, uh, so Arkansas officials arrested a 29-year-old illegal immigrant. His name is Luis Cobos Sinobio. Charged him with multiple crimes. On Sunday, Luis was pulled over by police and he opened fire on the officer. Check out some of this footage. This is insanity. And in case you're sensitive to things that are graphic, there's nothing actually graphic seen in this. So don't worry about, about that. Just a traffic stop somewhere in Arkansas. And this guy wastes no time. Just bam. Just fire! Just fire! Jesus! Check out this car approaching on yeah. the left. They're like, oh shit! It's, fired, County. Was there, then they just slam on the brakes. Nope, 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 and they back out. They back out the whole way. Would you just drive through? Or would you? I was wondering, was there an obstruction? Because I would have hit the gas and gone forward, personally. Yeah. But, or if you're armed, you could take a clear shot at this guy, maybe. Well, they probably saw the cop with the gun facing towards them and not yeah. the other guy. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, he gets in the car and he takes off. County, I need units now! God, that cop is so lucky he hasn't, wasn't killed. County, he's fleeing yeah. in a vehicle. And he wasn't shot, he's right? he's on steel. Yeah, so uh, this Luis fellow fled the scene. He was arrested later. No officers hurt during the attack, but Luis was found with an injury to his shoulder later. Not clear, as far as I've read, if the uh, injury was gunshot-related or not. I'm not sure if he was shot. But in any case, no officers harmed. ICE has issued a detainer request against Luis following his arrest because he is an illegal alien. Not clear uh, what country he's from. I could not find that. Uh, Dude, and there's I've, no good outcome to this because if we put him in jail, we're paying for it. If we send him back, then he gets off scot-free for attempted murder of a police officer. And he probably comes back. We should just ritualistically murder this guy. Like some vigilante justice. We know he did it. Yeah, it's right there on tape. Yeah. Uh, the most important question, of course, is what is Luis's perception of ice? Have Kamala Harris <laughs> pull him? Because we really got to know. Um, before we take our first break, you want to do, you want to get through these election updates. Basically all the races are called now, at least all the high profile. Yeah. Ones. I'm real bummed about Arizona and it wasn't even that close. I mean, yeah. At the close, end, but it wasn't that close. Yeah. At the end, it ended up not being as close as you. Well, I, I guess this is the most surprising race, um, of them all to me. Hold on. Let me grab the, uh. The articles here. So uh, this one, as I said, is the most surprising to me uh, that um, that Arizona apparently is going to go to Kirsten Cinema. This is um, this is uh, Jeff Flake's seat. Jeff Flake is retiring. So Kirsten Cinema has won. The uh, this was called by the AP on Monday. 
The final vote tally is Cinema 49.7%, McSally, the Republican, 48%. So yeah, 1.7% margin. Somewhat surprising. There are there are uh, calls for McSally to be appointed by the governor to fill John McCain's seat. That has been occupied by longtime Arizona Senator John Kyle. But Kyle is expected to leave by year's end. Uh, whatever happens with that seat, the governor is a Republican. So presumably, if Kyle leaves, uh, you're, I mean, whether it's McSally or not, you're going to get a Republican filling John McCain's old seat in Arizona. But yeah, uh, Kirsten Cinema, uh, t- Taliban's all right with me. Kirsten Cinema, Arizona is the meth lab of democracy. Kirsten Cinema, hopefully she can clean it up. Good, uh, good for her. Wow, normally insulting your constituents is, you know, the final nail in the coffin. But apparently, it gave her a little boost. Thank you, Mexicans. <laughs> you said it, not me. Come on. How else did she win? <laughs> I, well, as I said, I'll say it again. I'm I'm not saying definitively. I just find it odd that the places that really bumped unexpectedly Democratic Arizona, Nevada, happen to have certain um, issues uh, going on in those states. That's all I, that's all I would say. God. I don't know definitively. I just find it odd. Oh, and I, you yeah. know. Come on. Mm. Well, there's no evidence for voter fraud. I've been told that many, many, many <laughs> times over yeah. this week. There's no evidence for voter fraud, but still we know that uh, Ron DeSantis is going to be the next governor. Uh, so there, there was a last we checked in on this story, the Florida elections generally last week, there was a, um, a machine recount automatically triggered by the law in Florida for both the governor's race and the Senate race. The machine recount for the governor's race gave uh, Democrat Andrew Gillum one extra vote against Ron DeSantis, I read. So he pulled a little closer, but not quite <laughs> close enough. DeSantis wins officially by 33,683 votes, a margin of 0.4%. Gillum, uh, who, remember, conceded election night and then unconceded last weekend. Right, right. Conceded, conceded again, again this yeah. weekend. So it is over unless he unconcedes, but I don't think he's going to do that. He'll be the Brett Favre of political concessions. I retired. No, I unretired. Now I'm back. No, I understood no. that sports reference. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, so presuming Mississippi's runoff election goes to the Republican, the polling I've seen suggests that will be the case. I think that election is it's in like a couple weeks or a week and a half or two weeks, something like that. But it's looking like we're going to have a 53-47 Republican Senate majority until 2020. Oh, nice. I should I, I got ahead of myself. I should mention the reason is because Bill Nelson has also conceded. So the same machine recount did not make up uh, the gap for Florida's Democratic incumbent Senator Bill Nelson. And there was also a manual recount in this case. That was on right, Friday. Didn't their machines overheat or something like that? I, I didn't read that much about that, but uh, there are some more shenanigans in Broward County. I'll get to in a no. moment. <laughs> no. There's shenanigans, but no evidence of malfeasance of any type. Uh, so not enough for Bill Nelson, the manual recount, um, the, uh, let's see, the, the manual recount was not enough for him to make up the ground. A U.S. district court judge has now stopped Nelson's last major hope of, a, uh, by upholding a Florida law that forbids county officials from counting vote by mail ballots received after 7 p.m. on election day. I can't believe that would be considered anyway. You can't just send in your ballot whenever late. Yeah. yeah. So as I said, Bill Nelson conceded to Rick Scott. So it looks like all the Senate races are decided, but for that one Mississippi runoff election, I mentioned the shenanigans over in Broward County, because as, as we were discussing, there were recounts this week in Broward County. 
there was the automatic machine recount, and then there was the manual recount in the case of the Senate uh, in the Senate uh, race. But the uh, in the machine recount, Rick Scott and Ron DeSantis would have increased their margins uh, of victory, according to the machine recount on Thursday, if Broward County had not missed the 3 p.m. deadline to report the results by two minutes. That's what happened. They submitted them at 3.02 Eastern time. According to Broward's machine recount, DeSantis had a net gain of 755 votes. Scott had a net gain of 778. So in their machine recount, all candidates actually lost votes. Presumably some got kicked because of irregularities or something. So it was a negative for everybody, but relative to Gillum, DeSantis actually gained votes relative to Nelson. Scott actually gained votes. So said Broward elections worker Joe D'Alessandro, we uploaded to the state two minutes late. So the state has chosen not to use our machine recount results. Oh, my God. Follow the law. (laughs) And they are going to use the first unofficial results as our second unofficial results. Um, There was commingling of balance. We did not correctly handle the ballot. So if this all sounds confusing, let me explain it to you. There was a recount that had to happen by law because the election was so close. Broward County did this by machine as they're required to. The results came in slightly better for the Republican candidate, both for governor and for the Senate. And instead of submitting, well, I can't say instead of. What happened is they submitted those results to the state, passed the deadline, and then went, oh, dang it, the state's not going to accept them. Guess you have to revert back to our old results, which worked better for Democrats. And I'm but supposed that to believe wasn't planned at all. I'm supposed to believe that the employee just had to pee at that particular right. time or something like the, Or, or I'm supposed to believe that they were scrambling as fast as they could to get these in on time. But dang it. They just came just, in just two minutes late. It. It's like 20% in, incompetence and 80% malice. I'd say I have a hard time believing there's zero intent for of something course like there's that intent, to happen. But there's also a fair amount of incompetence. Yeah, I'm potentially. Sure. I'm just glad the whole thing is over. Idiots, yeah. I was really fearing these races were going to get flipped and we were going to have some serious chaos. Yeah. Because people would have been really pissed off if this sort of nonsense was going on and then the race got flipped. So that didn't happen. Lastly, the Georgia governor's race. On on Friday, Stacey Abrams ended her campaign for Georgia governor against Republican Brian Kemp, citing, quote, an erosion of our democracy, she says, kept many many of her backers from the polls. How? well, she'll explain. She was um, she was on with Jake Tapper this morning on CNN State of the Union. She blames, quote, deliberate interference. And she also calls Brian Kemp George's legal governor, but she refrains <laughs> from calling him legitimate. So here's what Stacey Abrams had to say on CNN this morning. You said that, quote, democracy failed in Georgia, do you think that there was deliberate interference in the election? Yes. And I believe it began eight years ago with the systematic disenfranchisement of more than a million voters. It continued with the underfunding and disinvestment (laughs) in polling places, in training, and in the management of the county delivery of services. And I think it had its pinnacle in this race. Sherry Brown says the election was stolen. Do you agree that it was stolen, and do you think that Brian Kemp is not the legitimate governor-elect of Georgia? The law as it stands says that he received an adequate number of votes to become the governor of Georgia, and I acknowledge the law as it stands, but we know sometimes the law does not do what it should, and that Mm. something being legal does not make it right. 
Okay. And I should win because I'm a remarkably overconfident black woman. (laughs) (laughs) So just so you're clear on some of the accusations she's making at the center of this controversy is that now governor-elect Brian Kemp, Kemp is formerly the secretary of state. And he oversaw a process of removing voters from the voter rolls as secretary of state. The rule, the law was, as I understand it, if you haven't voted for three years, you're removed from the rolls. You could still re-register to vote and still vote. My solution to this is, if you're intent on voting, make sure you're registered to vote right, right. and vote. That would solve these issues. I mean, the, the idea that this is a, a systematic disenfranchisement or something. No, you just got to make a, 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 an effort and show up. If you haven't voted for a while, go check with your county officials and be like, I just want to double check, make sure I'm registered. All right, yeah. I am cool. All right, I'll vote now. She's saying that requiring uh, people to put in a tiny bit of extra effort disproportionately disenfranchises certain groups of people. That's how it happened too, is they complain that most of the people removed from the roles were black people. It's almost as if that's a reflection on their work ethic as stated by her. Whoa. Whoa. As stated by her. I didn't say it. Whoa. (laughs) Isn't that what she's saying? But it's kind of, kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's point taken. It's like, you could interpret it. You could interpret it two ways. One is a, a, a deliberate effort at, a deliberate effort at removing black people from the voter rolls. Alternatively, a lack of deliberate effort on the part of African-American voters to make sure that they're registered. Those are Just two different clear, interpretations. I'm not saying that. This mix of <laughs> Precious and Wanda Sykes, she's saying that. Yeah, that lady. Yeah. That lady. Um, okay, so that's, that's, this, that's uh, the end of that. That's basically the end of the um, election, uh, election news. So notably, too, uh, Stacey Abrams is a former state legislator. So you were part of the legislature that created the law that Brian Kemp followed. I get it. You probably didn't support the law, but you were there. Do a better job at convincing people it's bad. You can't blame the secretary of state for following the law that the legislature wrote, especially if you're a legislator. But, you know, this is the same Kamala Harris routine. I'm in charge of writing the laws, but I'm mad at you for enforcing them. Okay, write better ones. Ugh. Before we get into Michael Avenatti, maybe we should take a uh, a break. Sure. Man, live chat went crazy for that. I, <laughs> I was just saying, no, but these people, the leftists do this all the time. They act like these disenfranchised groups can't do normal stuff that everybody else has to do. It's like well, I think that is kind of patronizing, yeah. Yeah, it's patronizing, and there's this implied... Um, there's this understanding that they're like not capable of doing these basic things like registering to vote. It's like, don't you have confidence in your own community that you're so proud of? Um, Okay. uh, Michael Lazari, he gave us a bunch of super chats, So I'm just going to read them all. It's a multi-parter. Expect a few throwback comments to your last few shows, guys, as I'm the king of drawing a blank uh, during your live streams and thinking of something immediately after the stream ends. Regarding Avenatti, give him his due process. That said, live by the Swedgenick. Sweatnik must be Sweatnik. Yeah, he, he said Sweatnik, but um, must mean huh. not even trying to spell it right. Ah, I should have read that whole thing. Um, he also said, "Blonde, I was pleasantly surprised and even touched more so than any Indian dog video by your rage-filled sympathies for Sargon's loss." We tend to wow. be a little trolly, shit posty due to the completely humorless automatons we have to deal with, and it's nice to see some of us were able to have a little heart. Made me fall for you a little bit. Matt, wow. looks like you just got replaced as my bottom bitch. Sorry for the chat attack comment barrage, but I still have to figure out Streamlabs. Also, don't feel bad about the letter four 
Uh, I've used the word overneath. <laughs> <laughs> overneath is a good one. Thank you. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Dakota Stanton, uh, the I doubt it in the intro made me spit. Uh, good. Yeah, that's the content or the context of that is what makes it so Yeah, it makes hilarious. it a rich sounder. It's a rich sounder. You know, to this day, I had to go down to the local gun shop uh, last week. And to this day, there's one of those shockwave shotguns sitting on the rack. And I just think one of these days I'm going to come in and I'm just going to buy this dumpster defender because the so I can just defender. I can just stand there with my own dumpster defender and go, I doubt it. Eric Swalwell, <laughs> when you come to take my guns, I doubt it. <laughs> JV dude, 9061. Yeah. Happy early Thanksgiving to my favorite podcast duo. The braid is looking beautiful, blonde, almost as good as Matt's hat. I know Matt oh, hopped on the stream you. with me the other day and not wearing a hat. And I was like, this is weird. It's like being, you said it's like uh, being, seeing your teacher at the mall or something. Yeah. It gives me this weird feeling like things aren't right. Not everything (laughs) is where it's supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, Attack Alpaca. Did you guys hear that the Cleveland Browns are interested in interviewing Condoleezza Rice for their head coaching vacancy? Yeah. Why uh, is this for real thoughts on a female NFL head coach? I mean, you know how I feel about women doing virtually anything outside of nursing. Uh, I think it's racist. I think uh, they're considering her for racist reasons. I I was messaging a friend about this before we started. And yeah, I don't know what football acumen Condoleezza Rice has, but apparently the Cleveland Browns ownership is interested because how could it get worse? Interesting. She can't in in her defense. I know you might be skeptical of hiring a woman for especially for a football coaching job. But the Cleveland Browns have been historically bad for a long time. Like they can't, they went 0-16 last year. This isn't her wheelhouse. She has actual credentials to do other stuff. She could probably be put to better work, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Beaner, 8127. Avenatti believes in women's rights so much he gave them a a left as well. (laughs) A left as well. Keep up the great work. You set me up for a great week every time. Thank you, Mr. Beaner. I appreciate that. Uh, Joshua Boy. And now you're thinking with portals. Oh, yeah. Oh, called. about portal. Yeah. Portal. I, everything I hear about it, I like. So I'm optimistic for this platform. I hope it works out. Um, Pharisee says, criticize the left for celebrating diversity, but cheers every female listener. Just kidding. You two are an inspiration. <laughs> well, the reason. We yeah. But like, you know, we, we need to. I want demographics for cover. You know what I mean? So I can't be like. Nah, it's not a racist Nazi podcast. Look at all minorities that I have. I got the whole collection. <laughs> and I only do it because I'm short on female friends. And I have this fantasy of creating this like right wing matchmaking company. Yeah. So it would be 20 to one if we did it right now. Actually, I want to rephrase that too, because that makes me sound like I only care about the female listenership for pawn purposes. That's not actually true. If I If I want to explain it further, like I think that having a female population that is less controlled by that particular like the progressive dogma is beneficial Mm. i think that's a better world for men too yeah you know i want to meet i want to meet chicks who are pre i hate the red pill cliche is kind of overdone at this point it's really tired yeah to to borrow it once more i want to meet girls and women who are pre-red pilled i don't want to have to like work on that i'm tired of converting people i won't do it anymore i'm like watch these videos and come talk to me or don't talk to me ever again i don't care uh, Rainier Chen. Hi guys. For some reason, I could not donate to on Streamlabs. Hope you have a good Thanksgiving. P.S. Avenatti does not look like the domestic violence type. I'm more inclined to believe he fucked a horse with fake boobs. <laughs> okay. All are- right. Fair enough. <laughs> Yoko Halo list says, sup bitches, Acosta will probably get the band hammer again if the White House manages a transparent reason next time. Also, Stick says, 
never to sticks plushies. Sticks plushies, eh? That sounds weird. Uh, apparently, he has that little doll in his background, and not a Which doll, but like a figurine. So adorable. Yeah, it is pretty cool. But someone must have referenced. Someone must have proposed sticks plushies, plushies or stuffed animals or something. He says no. Um. Hmm. Everyone send him one for Christmas. Uh. Okay. Iamafego. Hey Matt. Remember when the Vikings goalie got a home run for a half court and spent two forget. minutes in the penalty box because sports are fucking gay. I know that ball. that's like four different sports. It's the sports ball hall of fame that, yeah, I'll never forget. Uh, Constine's commentary. This guy was also, uh, an Assad use chemical weapons. We must act type of person. WMDs for me, but not for the Cuban. He must mean Swalwell. Oh yeah. Was he? I don't know how long he's been in Congress. So I've we'll seen him on Tucker I saw him, periodically. Yeah. I, I saw him on Tucker before. Uh, let's do a few more. Keebler, out of my cold, dead hands comes to mind. The government can't even beat bare-ass savages in the Middle East. Can't even beat bare-ass savages in the Middle East. They're never going to be able to do this. They can't. They can't even fathom what uh, Herculean effort it would take to get people's guns. No. And the other part about it, I wanted that I just kind of went understated. I didn't get to talk about or should have mentioned more. The sheer cost of it. $15 billion, but I love how Swalwell presents this as like, well, it's reasonable because I'm buying it back from you. And it's like, let me get this straight, dude. You're taking a thousand bucks a pop from my neighbors by force. And then you're going to give me the money to participate in an exchange. I don't want to participate in. The only reason I'm participating is because you're pointing a gun at my head. Right. And somehow this is like benevolent. Somehow this is a fair exchange because it's like market value or something. By the way, for a lot of people's AR setups or any rifle for that matter, $1,000 isn't going to cut it. Right. Especially if it's a, a fancy assault weapon with all the attachments. Like $1,000 might be selling It's also quite not low. a voluntary transaction. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's an involuntary transaction financed through the involuntary confiscation of monetary property. Right, like right, right. It's, it's insane, yeah. Let's just do two more right now. Um, SFSDF, longtime listener, first time donator. I've recently escaped Portland by becoming a trucker, and it's great not wow. feeling like the political minority traveling around. It seems like mm. Portland is in the news every other week. Well, welcome to the the greater world. It's really nice when you leave places like that and you're like, holy shit, the whole world is not totally insane. It's just the city I was living in. Yeah. Um, congrats. Uh, Colonel Panic, this is the last one, and then we will circle back for the remainder. Swalwell is a perfect example of why. The Second Amendment is still necessary. He seeks the government our founders uh, warns warned us about. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. funny. It is ironic how he doesn't see how he himself is basically a perfect argument for right. the Second Amendment. Just a couple of uh, Streamlabs and then we'll move on. Redicus says 300 million guns and $1,000 per doesn't equal one point, or, uh, sorry, 15 billion. I've not done the math, uh, but yes, that doesn't seem correct to me either. But again, I think it's, is it 300 million guns? So Swalwell only wants your assault weapons, not necessarily your guns. For now. For now, it's just the assault weapons, of course. Well, the left does have a rich history of knowing when enough is enough. And, of course, just, they always yeah. stop at a reasonable restraint. time. They're just excellent at they, They're excellent with limiting principles in their <laughs> worldview, of course. Yeah. Redicus also says, look into HR 7115 and the ban on building or even talking about 80% lowers uh, that also classifies any gun component as a casting. I'm not familiar with that law, but I probably should be. So I'll check it out. Sourdough Girl says, the ice guy should have said, uh, if illegal immigrants don't fear ice officers, my uh, my boys aren't doing their job, you bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Thank you, Sourdough Girl. So 
Let's move on to um, this, well, surprise news of the week, I suppose, or maybe not surprising. Didn't you, I don't know, didn't you previously say Avenatti had a criminal look about him or something like I that? I said he had a criminal head shape. Criminal head shape. Yeah, I'm like this far from just being straight up into phrenology. Mm. Okay. I did say that about, um. oh, who was the square-headed guy that spent like four seconds in, in the White House? Uh, Scaramucci? The, that's the one, the mooch. Yeah. He's got one, the too. Mooch. He's up next. Well, <laughs> I, I don't want to, th- on principle, I don't want to throw Avenatti under the bus just yet, because there are some uh, oddities to this case that I want to describe. So yeah, what's, uh, let me, stupid computer, let me pull up my notes here. So um, Avenatti was arrested for felony uh, domestic violence on Wednesday, what night was this? Was it Wednesday night, it seems, I think? Anyway, well, let's say Wednesday night. Um, and... Uh, and so, so what happens is he's arrested. Uh, it's, it's some kind of felony domestic violence charge. I've seen conflicting reports. This USA Today article uh, that I'm looking at now says he's been charged. Other reports I've seen deny that he was charged. But he was definitely taken into custody, and he was released uh, at the Los Angeles Police Department later that night. Whatever's going on, we do have an ongoing investigation. Um, hours after the arrest, he did post that $50,000 bail, and he denied any wrongdoing. Which uh, which we'll hear him do in just a moment. Wait, I heard. I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that he was like, "She hit me first. Is that not true? I had heard that report too. As far as I understand, there's no recording of that. It's just like some type of witness testimony or police officer testimony. Mm. Uh, according to Officer Tony M, a police spokesman, the victim in the case had visible injuries, but provided no details. Uh, the spokesman did provided no details about the victim's relationship to Avenatti. TMZ had originally reported that the alleged victim in this case was Avenatti's estranged or ex-wife. The ex-wife has denied that report. Uh, The victim is apparently some other woman. So uh, without uh, going any further, let's hear what Avenatti had to say right outside the, um, the police department or the police station on Wednesday night. First of all, I want to thank the hardworking men and women of the LAPD for their professionalism and their work today. Pick that up from Trump. They had no option in light of the allegations. Secondly, I have never struck a woman. I never will strike a woman. I have been an advocate for women's rights my entire career, and I'm going to continue to be an advocate. I am not going to be intimidated. Except when they're asking for it. What I am doing. <laughs> I am a father to two beautiful, smart daughters. I would never disrespect them by touching a woman inappropriately or striking a woman. I am looking forward to a full investigation, at which point I am confident that I will be fully exonerated. I also want to thank everyone for their support that has reached out. You know my character. Who? You know me as a man, and I appreciate it. Thank you. I don't know. Check his DMs. I'm sure they're in there. You know me as a man? That's not, that could not be what he meant to say. That's not how I know you. (laughs) Yeah, I know you (laughs) You suspected tranny. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so. Uh, Stormy Daniels chimed in as well. She says, uh, what's her quote in here? 
Stormy Daniels says, these are serious and obviously very uh, troubling allegations, but right now that's all they are, allegations. We should all reserve judgment until the investigation. An investigation Michael has said he welcomes um, is complete, and that's what I'm going to do. But of course, I do not condone violence against women. And if these allegations prove true, I will be seeking new representation. Now, here's where it gets a little bit weird. Is Avenatti, after his release from the uh, from the LAPD, blamed Jacob Wall for his arrest. And I don't know much about this Jacob Wall fellow, but if you recall the almost assuredly fraudulent allegations against Robert Mueller we discussed a few weeks ago, Jacob Wall was one of the guys behind that, and he did that whole bogus press conference where the accuser was supposed to show up, but she didn't because she feared for her life or whatever such nonsense. He's described by all the media reports I've read as a far-right conspiracy theorist, but that's a term these days, like white supremacist, that could mean anything from, anything like, all, yeah. you know, uh, fiscal conservative to actual Nazi, so I have no idea what that actually means. In any case, based on what I know about what he did to Mueller, this Jacob Wall guy is probably not super uh, trustworthy. At least I would not trust him <laughs> yeah. by default. And so Avenatti tweets out... Um, that uh that that this guy's behind it he says um he says what, what was avenatti's tweet um uh, first first muller and now me um when we are fully exonerated i am coming for you jacob wall aka surefire okay so avenatti blames jacob wall says he's going to come for him when it's all said and done where it gets a little bit weirder is that surefire itself actually tweeted out taking responsibility uh, for this particular instance, Surefire Intelligence, Jacob Wall's organization, tweeted out, Surefire Intelligence strikes again on Wednesday in reference to Michael Avenatti. So my whole take on this thing, on principle, I will maintain Avenatti's innocence until uh, his proven guilt, of course. I don't know. Here's what I will say. I don't know how this Jacob Wall fellow could set him up to the point that there's a victim with visible bruising, if what the police are saying. Is correct. That would be quite the fraud if he did that. But I will wait for due process to evaluate his guilt. Uh, on principle, do I support what Wall appears to be doing? No. I mean, even if he's doing this for revenge me tooing, I don't support that either. I don't think we should be defending due process by sacrificing due process. I don't think that's the Ugh, correct fine. answer either. But, <laughs> but... The asterisk here, I have zero sympathy for Michael Avenatti, yeah. personally, this particular individual. Even if his reputation is ruined yeah, by these yeah. allegations, this is the precedent he set for others. And I will not cry for him falling victim to the precedent that he has set for exactly. others. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. how I feel, too. And if you're not clear, just in case you haven't followed... Michael Avenatti is not just Stormy Daniels' lawyer. He's also the lawyer for Julie Swetnick, the lady who came forward and said, I think Brett Kavanaugh might have gang-raped me, but I don't know. Yeah. That's the, that lady. Do you know that, that he gang-raped other women? Well, I saw him giving women cups. Yeah. Huh. So if Michael Avenatti is going to complain about baseless, life-ruining allegations made against him, I'm sorry I don't have much sympathy for you, although I do agree on principle that that ought not to happen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the, do you have anything to say more to say about just the specific case? Otherwise I want no, to move on to the young Turks response was fantastic. I got so plenty to say about this. Yeah. So suddenly, of course, now that Michael Avenatti 
hero to some on the left has been implicated by a possibly true, possibly not accusation of abuse of women. Suddenly, many people who were all out for blood in the Kavanaugh case suddenly realize, oh, due process, innocence until proven guilt. That's um, maybe those are good things to uphold. In the case of the Young Turks coverage, the obliviousness is Frankly, amazing. I have a hard time believing it's even sincere. That's how bad this obliviousness is. So in responding to the incident, the Michael Avenatti incident, Jenk and Anna over at the Young Tur- Turks bemoan how terrible this tactic of setting people up with false accusations is. Jenk even claims that only the right does this, apparently oblivious to the Kavanaugh claims from, you know, concluding just last month. Let's listen in on this Young Turks segment that aired this week. That's one possibility. The other possibility is they framed him. And right wing frame people all the time. In fact, this same exact group and this same exact guy, Jacob Wall, just tried to frame Robert Mueller. They are essentially doing smear campaigns and trying to uh, go after people with criminal allegations that have absolutely no evidence, absolutely no credibility or merit behind them. Because let's say that it was done to a right winger. Somebody says, "Oh, okay, here's a woman with Bruce face and Sean Hannity did it. Now, let's say it's not true, okay, and a left wing, Left wingers never do this. Never, ever, ever. It is not even. Do not call it even. They're goddamn liars, and our side almost never does it. Okay, but if a left winger did it, first of all, they'd be immediately disowned. No one would ever, ever cite them or work with them again. Right on the right wing, they're celebrated and applauded. But if, hmm. how unfair oh would it be to Sean Hannity for the entire national media to say he's a wife beater? He beat a woman. Right. And by the way, I see on social media today all day, left wing people, progressives, I uh, said I'm done with Avenatti, Avenatti's the worst. How the hell is he supposed to recover from that? So if it turns out to be fake, how, what percentage of the people who uh, saw the first story will see the second story? 25%, 35%, if he's lucky, 50%. Half the people will forever believe that he beat his wife. Right? This is how they play dirty tricks and the mainstream media aids and abets them by calling it even. <laughs> oh my God, holy shit. If you just replace wife beating with gang rape and left with right, basically everything he said was true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so this is the this is the thing I have with Jenk and Anna in this segment is like, one, they never even addressed Kavanaugh in that segment. Presumably they would have the, the foresight to say- They well, didn't? I, no, they never they never even explained this is why Kavanaugh is different. They just acted like it's not even a consideration. Uh, so that that really rubbed me the wrong way. But the other idea, the other thing here is even if you're going to say that uh, Kavanaugh is like some kind of outlier that the left rarely does this, maybe never is the wrong word, but rarely does this. Okay, but that's not the only issue here because it's not just that the left did this just last month, but Michael Avenatti specifically personally participated in it through Julie Swetnick. Jenk Uger specifically, personally participated in it by saying he pretty much believes Brett Kavanaugh is guilty without evidence. Right, didn't he say perpetuated by the media? (laughs) Yeah, you, dude. Check check this out. This is is me. I thought it would be tougher to find some contradictory statements on this. It took about 30 seconds of Googling. Jenk says, Google it! So I did, and I found... (laughs) Listen to this commentary. So... This is Jenk saying they never do it. Like never do never it. do this. Never, ever, ever. It is not even. Do not call it even. Here's Julie Swetnick brought forth by Michael Avenatti. I was at a party 
and I remember that I started not to feel very well. And next thing I know, I was shoved into a room and I'm having my clothes torn in different directions. I was touched everywhere. I was physically assaulted in every way you could possibly physically assault a woman. Everyone is wondering if one of those people was Brett Kavanaugh. I cannot specifically say that he was one of the ones who assaulted me. If Brett Kavanaugh was one of those people that did this to me, there is no way in the world that he should go scot-free on this and that he should be on the Supreme Court. I said on... And then here's Jenk appearing on... Uh, as a guest on another channel discussing Kavanaugh's presumed guilt, discussing Christine Blasey Ford's, uh, she's, 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 uh, she's super credible. He says on his own, on his own, um, at his own desk on the young Turks. Here's, here's Jenks take on Kavanaugh, which is somehow totally different. Day one of the, uh, the news story that if you're going to go back to high school, the bar has to be really, really high for the accusation. But it turns out that the bar uh, was met, unfortunately. Uh, it is a very serious allegation. She has pretty good corroborating uh, stories. What? She told uh, her therapist back in 2012 uh, about it uh, when she had no idea that he would uh, wind up being a Supreme Court nominee. She actually tried to get this in front of the Republicans as well uh, in, in getting it, sending it to the papers so they would pick a different Republican. Presumably that Republican would have an easier chance of getting confirmed because uh -huh. it isn't about politics. She's just like, don't pick this guy because of what he did to me. I know he's a bad guy. So that makes her super credible. Super, super credible. credible. Nobody ever uh, does this but the right and me and Michael so Emily specifically. As far as the, they never produced the therapist notes for a reason. They, if, if that was actually corroborating information, they definitely would have done that. They would have found a way to produce that. And he was already a federal judge at that point. So it was always a possibility he was going to be a Supreme Court justice. So that, that, that's not credible or corroborating information. It's just a, one detail. Right. That it's not corroborating. If, if you make a claim, it's not corroborating that you told somebody else X amount of years ago. That's just another claim. That is a repetition right. of the claim. It's not actual corroboration of the claim itself. Right. Now, it's just like that concept of circular reporting like they did with the FISA uh, warrant. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the idea that because multiple outlets reported it, it's somehow more credible. Even though they fed it to said outlet. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The only thing it does is it maybe gives you some doubt about a political motive as an alternative, but it does not directly corroborate the claim. There was one, I cut it, I couldn't include it for time, but Anna makes this ridiculous argument in this segment, uh, this old segment, about how if this was political, you know, she says Christine Blasey Ford, Ford came forward with uh, her accusations to Diane Feinstein um, as soon as it was as soon as it was apparent that Brett Kavanaugh was going to be the nominee. Like she did this, and she spoke with the, the therapist long ago and her argument against it being politically motivated is if this was politically motivated why didn't she make accusations against the entire short list like she was going to me too trump's entire list of people uh because nobody would believe that for correct. sure correct it's like oh my god that's asinine <laughs> uh, uh here's trump's list of 10 people under consideration they all sexually assaulted me but we know she didn't do that. So it can't possibly be politically motivated. Check that. Anna's so stupid. Now, I did run into a, a subsequent piece of hypocrisy that I thought was juicy enough to include, even though it's not directly related. But you heard Jenk say there, well, listen, if we're going to go all the way back to 
high school allegations, the bar's got to be really high. Apparently, the bar was somehow satisfied to him. But he further elaborates in that segment and says, basically, we shouldn't be doing this, period. We shouldn't be looking at people's high school lives to evaluate them at 60 years old or however old Brett Kavanaugh is. And <laughs> he says that on September 25th. On September 24th, he was on his Young Turks set going through the list of things about Brett Kavanaugh's high school life that are indictments against him. So get a load of this, this piece of hypocrisy from the Brown Buffalo himself. I said on day one of the, uh, the news story that if you're going to go back to high school, the bar has to be really, really high for the accusation. Uh, we can't be going into what people said in high school or, or minor infractions or drinking or any of that stuff, right? Except for the day before on my own set. Especially given the things that we do know that we're not holding him accountable for, but uh, he was part of a group that drank excessively, uh, went to a lot of parties where they would try to get other women drunk. Uh, and and That's high there's school, a reference bro. to two-on-one stuff in his yearbook. There's the famous saying, uh, what happens at Georgetown Prep stays at Georgetown Prep. Not only did he say that in his speech, but TYT investigates showed that he then someone, either he or the school later, removed him saying that from the transcript of that speech, because obviously somebody was embarrassed about that. So this aw shucks thing does not match what you did in those years at all. Okay, and as I said, maybe if these things are far apart, you change your mind over time. One of them was uploaded September 24th, the other was uploaded September 25th. I don't think he had a significant change of heart overnight. I wish that we were capable of so shamelessly engaging in hypocrisy and just not acknowledging it and just pressing through. They really do that all the time on on the Everybody has blind spots and inconsistencies and we have them too. I'm not pretending to be above that. This is not not a blind spot. You think that when they were saying that they weren't thinking uh, Kavanaugh, they just were like, we choose to ignore this and to not address it because this is the narrative that we're spinning because we're fucking hacks. This, this one is so severe that it makes me wonder, obliviousness or malice? Oh, like, come is, is on. It, you know it's malice. It's the Young oh, Turks. That's, that's some seriously aggressive malice if that's the case. But uh, but I don't know. I mean, there's enough. Um, I don't know. I'm not persuaded that the intelligence over there is, runs deep either. I could be persuaded that this is simply stupidity. No. But whatever's no, going not. on, whatever's going on, the fact that these things happened on back-to-back days is uh, it's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah, they genuinely do not care that people are going to recognize this hypocrisy and call them out on it. It's, it's just shameless journalism. I would, uh, if I could ask Jenk a question, I, I, I genuinely would like to hear him explain to me, listen, good faith terms, not trying to corner you, not trying to get you on a gotcha. Explain to me the difference between assigning Kavanaugh guilt or implying Kavanaugh guilt versus defending Avenatti innocence. But there's What's, evidence. Is, that's that's it. Say. Yeah. The evidence that you think Christine Blasey Ford is credible because you you buy her as sincere, but there's not yeah. concrete evidence. Right, right. Well, he would say the therapist notes. You're not going to convince these people about it. But anyway. but honestly, isn't the isn't the testimony from the police officer stronger evidence than anything in the Blasey Ford for sure case? Yeah. So it seems to me that it would be more reasonable to pres- again. I'm not advocating this. I think Michael Avenatti should be presumed innocent. When was this alleged event but, as well? I think it was the alleged domestic violence incident, I believe it was that night, so Wednesday night. Right, so it's being reported in a timely manner, at least. Yeah, yeah, there's that circumstantial evidence, I suppose, as well. I'm not advocating assigning Avenatti guilt, but I am saying 
that police testimony, witness testimony to seeing a bruised victim is more significant than anything we saw in the Kavanaugh case. Anyway, you trying to you if anyone can figure it out, send me an explanation. I it's uh, too much of a mental uh, mental exercise for me to for me to get through. Oh, God. You want to go through Acosta before we take another break? Sure. Okay, so we broke down the incident uh, that led to the removal of Jim Acosta's White House press pass last week. Recall he uh, refused to give up the mic at Trump's press conference after the midterms. The White House revoked his press pass. Sarah Sanders said after the fact it was because he, quote, put his hands on a reporter. Since then, CNN filed a lawsuit in federal court against that decision to revoke Jim Acosta's White House press pass. And that was actually, uh, I guess, decided in short order. Uh, On Friday, Trump appointee Judge Timothy Kelly ruled the White House had uh, behaved inappropriately uh, and ordered the um, the judge that is ordered the administration to return Acosta's press credentials uh, outside the courthouse. Acosta's lawyer called it a great victory for the First Amendment. Here's Jim Acosta and his lawyer outside the courthouse on Friday. This is a great day for the First Amendment and journalism. We're very excited to have Mr. Acosta be able to go back and get his hard pass and report the news about the White House. Uh, I'll turn it over to Jim. Uh, everybody, thanks for coming. I, I just want to say something very briefly, and that is uh, I want to thank all of my colleagues in the press who supported us this week. And I want to thank the judge uh, for the decision he made today. And let's go back to work. Thank, thank you. you. Jim Acosta did, in fact, receive uh, broad uh, ideological support for his case. I, I'm told there were or I read that there were briefs filed by Fox News and some other outlets, you know, viewed as ideologically opposed to CNN and Acosta in support of his effort to get his press pass restored. They, uh, so his lawyer and, and Acosta are calling this a great victory for the First Amendment. That's not actually what the ruling says. It doesn't speak to any First yeah. Amendment claim. The judge wrote that the process of removing the press pass is still so shrouded in mystery that the government could not tell me who made the decision, Judge Kelly wrote. Uh, taking away the press or the pass that gave Mr. Acosta access to the White House amounted to a violation of his right to a fair and transparent process, the judge ruled. So the idea here is that there's is not that there's some First Amendment right to a press pass. The idea here is that if the White House is going to issue these press passes, the process for removing them ought to be transparent, fair, and clearly articulated. This is not some big home run for the First Amendment like they made it out to be. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the, uh, the judge said specifically, I want to emphasize the very limiting nature of this ruling. Uh, it is not meant to enshrine journalists' right to access. Yeah. I did. I have not determined that the First Amendment was violated here. So, again, Acosta can't help but grandstand. That's not actually what was going on here. It's it's more of a process argument. Um, but uh, but at the end of the day, I don't think this really matters all that much. Did you have a, a strong take on this? Any strong opinions? No, I mean, if it was a First Amendment thing, uh, it would matter. But. You know, they could just send somebody that's going to grandstand less and CNN would still be represented. It's my understanding that Trump can pretty much kick out anybody he wants to for virtually any reason. And actually, thanks for. Well, according to this judge's ruling, as long as the the reasons are consistently applied, then. Right. Right. Yeah. But he could just say, you know, he takes up too much time. He asks multiple questions. 
Yeah. Um, which is what they should have done. This is what we yeah. talked about last week. It's like this whole charade with him assaulting this woman, which was like Michelle Fields light. Um, they should have just been like, listen, he just takes too much of people's time. He's too disruptive. He doesn't let us get a word in edgewise. He takes way more time than anybody else. He, he never asks just one follow-up question. His topics are all, all, all over the place. And he's yeah. deliberately trying to instigate Trump and, and bait him into a debate, which is not what this is about. Send someone sure. else from CNN. And, uh, and Trump's basically Trump for his part, he, he appeared, um, with an, inter on an interview with Chris Wallace this weekend. And he says, basically I'll oblige, I'll create clearer rules. And if Acasa acts like a jackass again, or if anyone else does, I'm just going to leave the press conference. I'm just going to walk away because yeah. I don't, I don't have to participate. I'll just leave. This is what Trump had to say with Chris Wallace. A federal judge who you appointed has just ruled that you must give CNN reporter Jim Acosta his press pass back. Your reaction to the ruling? I, it's a, fine. I mean, it's not a big deal. What they said, though, is that we have fine. to create rules and regulations for conduct, et cetera, et cetera. We're doing that. We're going to write them up right now. It's not a big deal. Uh, and if he misbehaves, we'll throw him out. Nobody believes in the First Amendment more than I do. And if I think somebody's acting out of uh, sorts, I will leave. I'll say thank you very much, everybody. I appreciate you coming, and I'll leave. And those reporters will not be too friendly to whoever it is that's acting. Hmm. Yeah, he's right. That was the perfect response. He's like, I, I don't have to do this for you guys. This is about transparency in the White House. I don't have to extend this courtesy to anybody in the press. And you can take care of your own if somebody's disruptive. Sure. Good. Good for him. Yeah, I mean, my, my overall reaction to this, I, I obviously don't think there's a right to any press pass. Uh, and I'm not a lawyer with like any deep understanding of the scope uh, of the equal protection and due process clauses. I'm sort of surprised that this came out this way. But I guess, you know, it doesn't shock me that regardless of whether they're t whether you're talking about a criminal uh, trial or you're talking about rules for press passes, the government ought to have clearly Clear, defined due right. process. Uh, so even though Acosta sucks... I'm not, I don't, I'm not bummed about this. I actually think it's probably a better precedent that, you know, you might be happier about when you have somebody you hate in the white house who you want to grill, you want to question aggressively as long. I, I think that pretty much all part, I think this is a fair compromise. Let's put it that way. Like the president yeah. still retains total discretion about when, how to conduct these types of press conferences, but the judge would like to see a little bit more uh, a, a more clearly articulated standards for everybody, the same rules for everybody. I think yeah, that's yeah. fair. And I think this is kind of the, the idea. One of the things that the judge wasn't satisfied with was the fact that the white house's explanation changed several times. And that's why Sarah Sanders shouldn't have been doing this assault. Like she, he put his hands on her explanation in the first place. Cause they, they went with that. And then Trump went with, well, he's just rude to other reporters and takes up their time. Yeah. You should have, should have huddled, thought about the rule first, then enforced the rule or clearly articulated the rule. I think where the White House went wrong in this case is not necessarily punishing Acosta per se, but not being clear about the reason behind it. That, that was and this has never way. been an issue before because there was always, even up until fairly recently, there was an element of decorum that the press uh, did seem to adhere to and, and abide by. Uh, and I think that we're in this new era where they just don't respect the presidency they don't respect trump at all i mean have you ever in your lifetime seen a seen a, seen a president that is less respected by the media 
I mean, you could probably make the argument that some in conservative media were kind of like that with Obama, but the difference is they're, they're so few and far between. They know? won't even call him President Trump. They, they call him Mr. Trump. Is that what they do? I haven't even noticed. Yeah. Is that a slight? Yeah, uh, um, yeah so, but it, 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 as a... I, I, I'm not uh, upset with this outcome. As a practical matter, I don't think it even really matters, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Acosta probably would have got his press pass back anyway, I'm betting. I don't think they would have permabanned him. Well, and now that he might be able to go about it so that he can permaban him. If, yeah, it if might actually gets, turn out worse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and Trump still has total discretion about whether he wants to conduct the, the meeting at all or not, or how he wants oh, to run yeah. it. You know? Somebody just so, said Bush did get a shoe thrown at him. I forgot about that. But that was, uh, wasn't that like a, a, an Iraqi journalist? or I think so, yeah. It was not an American journalist, as I <laughs> recall. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that, so Acosta will be back. And, you know, as much as I can't stand the guy, I do sort of look forward to the show. So I can't wait till Acosta comes back and questions Trump about the Acosta rule and how uh. Acosta has stood up for all the rights of Acostas everywhere. Ugh. This is going to be great. All right. I guess we should take a super chat break. Yeah, let's then. take a break and then we'll get into this. Uh, well, one for sure gigantic GoFundMe hoax and one local GoFundMe hoax that I suspect is a hoax. <laughs> uh, Patrick Waz, Bears fan here rooting very much against your Vikings tonight, but I'm also giving you money to say that. So I think you win in the end. Great show. Thank you. I guess it's looking not good. I, I, I'm, as I'm following, you know, a little, little by little here, it's not looking good for the Vikings. Uh, I don't care. Uh, Dalton Barrett, I drive cross country for work and you guys are the best cure for white line fever I've ever found. Well, thanks for listening. That must be, I'm not familiar with white line fever, but it must be like a driving thing. You just yeah. stare at, at white, white lines. Line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Appreciate the hard work and oh yeah, liberals sure aren't the brightest, are they? Nope. Sure aren't. Uh, Deathfield says if a bunch of rice farmers or goat lovers can take on the U S military for years, so can a two a militia. Do not ever or do, do not uh, let anyone convince you that the Second Amendment is pointless in the face of the U.S. military. Sure. Thanks for supporting the show. Rice farmers and goat lovers. Synac 8. Uh, hashtag Shadow Lace Strangler. Also, what is the update on the Florida recount? Is it over or are they doing it again? It's over. It's over. Yeah, it's over for both the Senate and the uh, governor's race. DeSantis will be governor. Rick Scott is your new senator. Dan Lopez, third time trying to send this super, super chat. I just want to say that a measly $1,000 isn't enough to make me give anything up, especially not my grandpa's G41 rifle that he took from an actual Nazi. Sure. Yeah. $1,000 uh, is enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is I, you know, for a lot of people, you know, especially in your case where it's sentimental. In my case, I don't have sentimental weapons like that, but they do represent a principle of self-defense. Yeah. So I'm not selling out that principle. I don't care if you offer me 50 grand, dude. Yeah. I'm not selling out that principle. Not for sale. Ryan G says, hmm. I say we bring back public executions, my kind of guy, and start with arrested illegals like that idiot shooting at cops should be a fine deterrent. Yes, I like your bloodlust. You are a <laughs> good listener. Uh, Thank you. John McGee, when the argument is you're out guns, you may as well just give your guns. You know their intentions are bad. And what progress was he planning to make by threatening nuclear war, even if in jest? It was a bad idea that is funny how he sort of implicitly blames bigs and conservatives or whoever people coming at him on twitter for zero progress in the debate when it is him who inserted nuclear civil war into it and again i do buy that he was probably being sarcastic but yeah, yeah dude you don't get to have the moral high ground on the tone of the debate and all this or the right, productivity right. of the debate come on man yeah 
Steady struggles. I've been listening to your streams for a while, and thank you for your strife and dedication in both beauty and the beta and your individual channels. Much love. From well, thanks. Thank you so much. My hiatus will be strife? over shortly. Did it say strife? It says, yeah. Oh, I wouldn't call it strife, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't feel like I like I'm struggling in a uh, or something like that. But actually, I, I, Tina. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'll I'll take the kind words and just shut up. How about that? <laughs> Actually, Tina, I heard somewhere that the person in the van backing up in that police footage uh, had a kid in the back seat. If that's huh. the case, I understand why they wouldn't ram the car, honestly. Oh, I wouldn't get involved in that in a shootout. I'd be like, I'm out of here. Oh, no, I'm, I'm just surprised. I assume there must have been an obstruction in the way of their Otherwise, they would path. just drive through. That was my question. Because like, if why it would was they me, if it, we'll put it this way. If it was me, I would like to think that I'd have the balls to shoot that guy on the spot. But if yeah. I didn't, if I'm unarmed, I my inclination, if I have a clear path forward, is to gas it forward because you can go faster, right. more. No, no, but uh, I bet what happened was he could see the cop shooting, but he couldn't see the Jose shooting because he was yeah. behind the car. In any case, I shouldn't get I, I just thought it was sort of funny to watch. I don't want to get too critical because that's such a crazy. Oh, situation. no, I'm not it's being like, critical. I just wondered yeah. why they didn't just drive through, which is. Yeah, why it's just it's sort of time. it's sort of yeah. a weird spectacle in the midst of this shooting event. Wow, this is the worst timing ever. Yeah. Uh, Philbert 53 Rogers, at what point can this whole Hispanics or natural conservatives lie to bed? Can we put this, brother? Uh, that and the whole uh, Blexit bid only serves to delude boomers and others who completely ignore that universal values are not, in fact, universal. I'm with you. Yeah. Well, I, I don't, uh, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that this person is suggesting that, but I don't want to give up on that concept either. Like I do, however we structure our countries, our societies, I do want the proven values that have built the best ones to prosper throughout the rest of the world. If you, if there's a, yeah. I don't, not, not that I have happen. a great solution for how that's going to happen, but it would be my hope, you know? I don't know. I think that's still idealistic. Yeah. Uh, Dan Lopez, our country wouldn't be in such a mess if SCOTUS didn't legislate from the bench. Look up the 1964 case Reynolds versus Sims and see how leftist judges uh, have been giving major cities more power for decades. Hmm. I'm not, I'm not familiar, familiar with, with that. You want to look it up? No. Reynolds versus Sims while I read another one. Sure. Josh Snyder, make restricting the franchise great again. Blonde, that hair is looking great, but you still aren't as attractive as Matt. But the effort ah, is appreciated. For Keep once, for once I got one. <laughs> Let's see. Here's Reynolds versus Sims. Keep going because I'll have to read the, the holding here. Uh, Nathan B. Hey, guys, I'm at work right now enjoying the show. Plus side, Matt, is that you have at least one Jew that is a loyal fan. So that's a win. <laughs> Thank wow. You, I know. I know a few. In fact, <laughs> we have some spicy ones who call in on Wednesday night to the call in. Show. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're not alone. You're definitely yep. not alone. Uh, the, the holding in this particular case is state Senate districts must have roughly equal populations based on the principle of one person, one vote. So I'd have to read more about this to be clear about how or how it empowers urban centers or cities. But uh, but yeah, uh, apparently that's that's the idea here. Andrew Wasserman, breaking news according to the Sun Sentinel, the newspaper for the Palm Beach County and Broward County areas. Brenda Snipes just resigned. Really? What? I got to see this. Um, I'll read a few more while you're looking. Um, Brenda Brenda or some Broward County official Brenda Snipes submits resignation after criticism 51 <laughs> minutes ago by the Hill. This appears to be true amazing good she must have wow. gotten pushed out thanks for the news the the news that's, Breaking <laughs> that's all news. i meant to say yeah yep. uh, let's do a few more right here boogeyman 917 stacy abrams is the one who said that the blue wave would also include undocumented vote which is Ugh. another example of a sore loser like hillary p.s love the braid thank you both for all you do thank well, you thanks. buggy 
Uh, let's do one more for right now. This is from Sourcey. So open borders and $1,000 for your ARs. I guess I'll be in uh, the AK import biz when that happens. Fresh over the border and full auto, and we'll take that $1,000 government check as payment. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that is the irony, too. As soon as you write new laws defining assault weapons, what's going to happen? Manufacturers create a workaround so you yeah. get functionally the same thing with slightly different pieces of plastic. This yep. is how it's always worked. Always works. It's how it's going to yeah. continue to work until you until you actually ban all the guns and show up and try to take them. That's and the that's only, not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, but it's the only as as silly as it is that it's like more plausible than trying to like regulate all the pieces and parts because you just adjust the pieces and parts. Yeah. Mm. You want to do I a, got a couple of, uh, yeah, I got a few on stream lives. Uh, Shed in says long time viewer, first time tipper here blonde. You actually have a list of videos that uh, you give people to red pill. Oh, do you actually have a list of videos that you give to red pill people or red pill them that you could pass along to us? I don't think you have yeah. a list to you, but Oh yeah. Um, oh, you do. I always send people the black pigeon speaks video. Um, women and civilization It's a two part one. That's what really did it for me. And then, uh, I've been really into red elephants lately. He's probably great for Vince is probably great for red pilling people. Um, but black pigeon is really the one that, that got me. And I've gotten a lot of people with his videos. Hmm. Kevin Smith says, have you guys been following the UN's new migration pact? Trudeau is, is expected to sign it December 10th. I, I know nothing about this actually. No, so but I, I do have a video on my queue about it that I meant to watch before the show. And I do gotcha. Not. Well, we'll, we'll have to check that out. Thank you, Kevin. Sourdough Girl says, Streamlab warning, the name field may contain alphanumeric characters as well as dashes and underscores. I couldn't donate until I added a dash between sourdough and girl. <laughs> Those who want to donate via Streamlab try adding a number or a symbol. Point taken. The rules on characters in Streamlabs. Thank you, Sourdough Girl. Canadian Egg, rarely get to catch you two live. Been a fan since Matt had 14K subs. Keep up the good work, you two. Just wanted to say thank you guys for the awesome entertainment and glad to be watching you Sunday instead of Monday since uh, I'll be busy for my birthday tomorrow. Well, happy birthday and thanks for tuning in for that long. I mean, things have evolved on my channel so much, not only in the content that's produced, but in terms of my worldview that uh, I'm, I'm very thankful that you've stuck around for that long. So much appreciated. Samuel Johnson says mandatory buyback where I unwillingly have to sell my gun in exchange for money fueled by my taxes. Correct. What a deal. <laughs> Greetings from the twin cities. Thank you, Samuel. Yeah. The idea that the idea that this is like some moral service to the public, right? We took your stolen money and we're going to confiscate your property with it, but it's okay. Cause we're going to pay you in stolen money. No, thank you. All right. Uh, tell me about this GoFund. Well, actually, before we hop into this, I did want to mention one thing on GoFundMe because a few weeks ago when we were talking about Kavanaugh's GoFundMe and how that all got distributed to charity, I had expressed some concern about why money raised on Kavanaugh's behalf was being distributed to charities, sort of wondering why GoFundMe doesn't crack down on this. Several people emailed me in the meantime and said apparently that page had a, a disclaimer or a clause that said if Kavanaugh refused the money, it would go to charity. So my concerns about that being deceptive were not necessarily were not necessarily the case in that particular case. So I thank people who emailed me for that clarification. Um, still, as we'll see tonight, GoFundMe, I think, has a lot of concern about what's going on on their website and how real all these stories of yeah, it all, how, how real any given story on GoFundMe is, uh, yeah. I think. So we'll start with this this one that was viral last year about this hobo and this couple in need of gasoline. Do you want me to give you the breakdown? Or yeah, yeah, because I... Conference? 
Um, oh, we could watch the press conference first. You think that's well, more helpful? I'll, I'll give everybody a TLDR in case they don't remember. This happened about a year yeah. ago. Uh, this couple said that this filthy bum that was also a veteran gave them his last $20, that, that $20 that he had to his name, uh, because they ran out of gas. And so they started to go fund me for him with a $10,000 goal. They made $400,000. So later, the bum came out saying that that he that they had taken his money <laughs> and like used it to go on vacations and buy a BMW, which was true. They, that is what they used some of the GoFundMe money for. But it came out this week that it was an agreement between the three of them that they were going to do this scam. And it only unraveled because the bum was like, I didn't get my share of this scam money. Yeah. Um, I was skeptical of this from the beginning, though, because no bum has a crisp $20 bill. No and bum. also his beard. Well, he is a real hobo, right? That was confirmed that he is in fact a real yeah. bum. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying. I mean, his beard is bum like, but it's also kind of groomed. You know, yeah. I I don't know. He's not the dirtiest bum I've ever seen. He doesn't look smelly enough for <laughs> for bum credit. Yeah. But that's I, that's the irony. As far as I understand this, correct me if I'm wrong. The bum came out and said they really screwed me over on this, which sort of launched some kind of criminal investigation into them. Yeah. And the criminal investigation into them revealed text implicated messages that them. implicated the bum. Yeah. Like, good job. If you guys just could have huddled and been like, all right, fine, you can have X percent more. Yeah. This this never would have been uncovered. Yeah. What is the bum It was bum almost thinking? a perfect crime, except the yeah. bum's greed. Uh, I'm, I'm almost impressed with this. How Playing ironic. on people's sympathies. But this is why you shouldn't give money to GoFundMe for basically any reason. <laughs> It, it does suck because yeah. I am very skeptical of any and all claims I see on GoFundMe now that aren't yeah. corroborated with serious evidence. So uh, this is what the prosecutor in New Jersey had to say at a press conference this week explaining how they were able to crack this case. The paying it forward story that drove this fundraiser might seem too good to be true. Unfortunately, it was. <laughs> The entire campaign was predicated on a lie. Less than an hour after their GoFundMe page went live, McClure, in a text exchange with a friend, stated that the story about Bobbitt assisting her was fake. Specifically, she wrote, Okay, so wait, the gas part is completely made up, but the guy isn't. I had to make something up to make people feel bad. So uh, quick aside. When plotting your crime, don't do it via text message or trackable communication. You have to meet in a secure location in a public place where nobody's in earshot. Haven't you people watched The Americans? It's God. unbelievable that they thought they could just plot out this criminal fraud case through text. I don't text. know. It would have worked. I guess, yeah. I guess the one like, they should have planned for bum, uh, bum insubordination. Bum, an bum uprising of the bum. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they should have planned for. But yeah, it is amazing that the text messages are effectively, hey, isn't this crime that we're doing cool? Yeah, it sure is. I can't wait to be rich. Super Good. criminal. We gon' be rich. <laughs> Good job. Shush about the made-up stuff. She did not run out of gas on an I-95 off-ramp, and he did not spend his last $20 to help her. Rather, D'Amico, McClure, and Bobbitt conspired to pass off a fake feel-good story that would compel donors to contribute to their cause. And it worked <laughs> in a very big way, but it was fictitious and illegal, and there are consequences. My office has charged Mark D'Amico, Caitlin McClure, and Johnny Bobbitt Jr. 
with second degree theft by deception and conspiracy to commit theft by deception. Hmm. D'Amico and McClure surrendered last night here in Mount Holly and were released pending a December 24th court date. Bobbitt was taken into custody yesterday in Philadelphia where he awaits an extradition hearing. Do Idiots. we know wh what kind of time they face? I, I didn't read that. Uh, I actually don't know. Hmm. And fraud by deception or theft by deception. I've never even heard of that before. Seems like a fancier way of saying fraud, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The other thing is I'm told or I've read GoFundMe plans to refund everybody who contributed to this. So I assume I've not read this, but I assume based on what I've read in the GoFundMe terms about how they handle fraud cases like this, they say they work with law enforcement to recoup the money. So I assume that means that th these people are going to have to pay back that half million dollars they earned, which will be paid back to the people who donated to it. Well, they spent like at least a hundred grand of it. Yeah, so they're they're gonna have to really dig deep in those pockets and find. What if they don't have the money? That I, I don't know, know how it works. But I but hope some... that this lands on GoFundMe that they have to pay out. Yeah, I mean, th th there is a lot of debate here about what degree of culpability do you assign to GoFundMe? Maybe there's a case you can make for none. Maybe there's a case you can make for total. I, 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 I find this very difficult to navigate. Do you have a clear sense of how much we should blame them? I mean. The people that orchestrated this fraud are clearly culpable. I think we can agree on that. Yeah, the, 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 the personally, trio is blame I think number that it's, one. Yeah. Right, right. I, I think it's hilarious if some of the blame does fall on GoFundMe because I've seen so many fraudulent campaigns that they've done nothing to investigate or shut down, especially yeah. in terms of, you know, uh, when, when it's some kind of playing on, on yeah. race. They they never look into that stuff. Our, we have talked about so many, countless numbers of hoax hates that have had GoFundMe's and nothing's ever happened. Including one upcoming shortly. Yeah. 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 Which I suspect to be a hoax. But I, I, I'm conflicted on this because my inclination in this case is to say, listen, GoFundMe, you really dropped the ball in terms of vetting the authenticity of this claim. You shouldn't be helping them, giving them the platform to defraud people like this. On the other side of it, I think of another example. Let's say, I don't know that this has happened, but let's say through... There was formerly uh, the Silk Road that's now been shut down. But let's yeah. say that was still running or let's say there was Craigslist where this where a transaction was facilitated. And let's say somebody sold a bunch of drugs through some kind of online marketplace like that. And then the person ODs on the yeah. drugs and dies. Would I blame Craigslist? Would I blame the Silk Road website? In those cases, I'd probably say, mm, no, nah, I mostly blame the person who bought the drugs and took the drugs. Because I think they right, were probably right, going right. to do that regardless. This and happened to be the way they did it. And then we do always complain, or we always complain about, you know, this, this concept that um, social media, they aren't independent platforms. And I think yeah. that, that probably there's some principal hypocrisy in there somewhere. Maybe, maybe, so I, I do think I probably have a emotional, re like a visceral reaction against GoFundMe that might not be fully justified when I think about it. Because I don't know if I would want to apply this standard to every website where this type of... Oh, I'm totally happen. motivated by retribution. That That's all. Sh sure. Not maybe, justice. Maybe, if Go, maybe I'd be more satisfied if GoFundMe just put an asterisk on the website. It's like, listen, idiot, <laughs> be smart with your money. It's not yeah. our fault if someone tricks you. Yeah, I mean... I should they even have to give the money back? That's another thing that we didn't even discuss. Well, they they obtained it through deception. So I mean, I I would say yeah, yes. but people, you know, buyer beware. If you're stupid enough to give money 
to people and like my spidey sense is tingled when I heard this story. It's not a cause I would ever give money to because I'm like, that's fucking ridiculous. Well, would you, like, would you maybe be in people favor should of... just be less compassionate and we wouldn't have these <laughs> kinds of problems. That, that rational self-interest, man. Yeah. Um, would you be in favor of removing fraud laws then? Because if this had been done through fraudulent panhandling, for example, if they had like pretended to be hobos, panhandling on the street, fraud, defrauding people under false pretenses, it would also be illegal. Would you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you've got me there. I'm just saying this is something that. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not even trying to get you because I think you could make the case. I just. I, I mean, I'm, but then, but then Bernie Madoff would would get off and stuff like that. Yeah, there is an that, element that, yeah, of buyer exactly. beware to to big financial frauds like that yeah. too. I mean, people it, were receiving like 20, 30% returns on, on pretty small investments. Yeah. And you have to be like, huh, this is unusual. I don't know anything about these investments. I don't know where this money is coming from. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't think that people take enough personal responsibility for being defrauded. Yeah. Here's the fundamental question is the, the government exists for what purpose? Basically to defend your rights. I think that's the fundamental purpose for government to defend the rights of the individual what rights were violated in this case because they didn't actively steal the money from you right they did deceive you is that the same is deception the same thing as violating rights i don't know, I don't know and then every the time you give money to charity you have to investigate the charity to see sure. If it's uh, if they're going to swindle you, I mean, it's just it's just part of this yeah. buyer beware and, and even, concept. Even five hundred one c three or whatever charitable designation by the government is not an indicator of quality of charity. You, you, the the only thing the only benefit is you can look at their tax filings and you can evaluate for yourself. Right. But the government doesn't have the resources to audit and evaluate every single charitable institution that's out there. You might go look at uh, filings from any given charity you think about supporting and you look at the, the, the salaries and the overhead and how much of your individual dollar contribution actually goes to the cause. All charities are not created equal. Some right. are putting a lot less money towards the charitable purpose than others. And there's a good question there. How much money going to the charitable purpose is sufficient for it to be deception or not? Right, you know? right, yeah. right. I mean, what if you're giving 10% of your money to the actual charity, 60% of it is overhead and the remainder is profit for executives? Yeah. It's like, sure. at what point does do you categorize this legally as, yeah. as fraud? These are tough questions. So I, I don't expect to have like any kind of clear answer. And I'm, I think, but I think I'm trending towards less responsibility for GoFundMe than I would have before. Because when I see all this crap popping up, I start thinking like, GoFundMe uh, has a problem, needs to crack down, needs to get this under control. Maybe the answer to what you're describing is more skepticism and accountability for the individual contributor, more responsibility with your own money, and then this is not as much of a problem. And this was an opportunity for people to virtue signal too. Like I, I hate these stories. They're like, oh, that's so heartwarming. I'm going to give money on GoFundMe so that everybody sees my name and sees what a good person i am it's like yeah. that cannot be the best use of twenty dollars for you and your family hmm. idiot so you know i kind of feel like they shouldn't get their money back mm, well i don't know that we have time to iron that out I, I guess for now i have no problem with them getting their money back we can talk about it again in this hoax hate if you want yeah let's let's get to the hoax hate so it is in fact that transition, that time. Did you see yeah that? nicely done doing my job for me 
now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? Well, I want to be clear that, again, this is not confirmed hoax hate. This is, uh, <laughs> this is suspected hoax hate. But, yeah. but as I said, it is indeed backwards, too. This is a picture of a Chevy Suburban type truck that you're looking at. This is in my neck of the woods of Missoula, Montana. The Boys and Girls Club director in Missoula, Montana is claiming that somebody spray painted a predictably backward swastika on their old Chevy Suburban uh, or whatever kind of car this is, something like that. The club director says this happened Thursday, November 15th, and it's not just the backwards swastika. It's not just the GoFundMe, which is here, uh, that makes me a little bit skeptical of this claim. It's actually the timeline uh, or the sequence of events in this particular case that I think are awfully suspicious. So if you go to the Boys and Girls Club's uh, Boys and Girls Club of Missoula's Facebook page, they've been involved in this active um, campaign to raise money for the club because the club is in need of new vans. The club is in need of new vans. They don't have sufficient vans. They want two new 15 passenger vans to tote kids around Missoula, Montana. And they've been promoting this idea that they need $5,000 to do that because they've got to deal with the local dealer car dealership in Missoula. And they only need $5,000 for these vans. And so they've been promoting this Hashtag Giving Tuesday fundraiser. I was not familiar with Giving Tuesday, but that's coming up not this Tuesday, but the next. It's the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. There's, I'm also not familiar with this holiday. <laughs> there's Black Friday where you go shopping. Then there's Cyber Monday. And there's also Small Business Saturday in there. You, you buy stuff at a small business on Saturday. Cyber Monday is when you get the good deals online. And then apparently Giving Tuesday is when you give whatever money is left over to charity. I'm is not that, doing any how, of this. That's how it works. So they've been raising funds for their vans. Hashtag Giving Tuesday. They've been doing this for a few weeks. Now, I, I don't know how well the fundraising has gone or not. I, I, they've been raising funds directly through their website, not through a GoFundMe campaign. So I, I can't see what that money actually looked like. But I suspect that it wasn't great. And I suspect that this is actually an effort to fatten the pockets of the forthcoming giving Tuesday a little bit more than the prospect, you know, a little bit better than the prospect was looking. Uh, if you look at the actual post um, from the, from the uh, boys and girls club in Missoula here, there's or the, actually the post they made explaining this. It's really more about fundraising than it is about the actual swastika in question. It's like, oh, um, yeah, there's been vandalism with a swastika, but we really do need vans. We need vans for these kids. We've been looking for $5,000 for weeks. Fifteen. We need two 15-passenger uh, vans for our club. Safe and reliable transportation is an essential component of our clubhouses. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, and also, um, uh, due to this vandalism, <laughs> due to this vandalism, our need for new vans became even more pressing. So it's like van, need for vans first. Oh, also the, the hate crime made it even more pressing. So help us out even more. We're asking the community come together and show the youth of Missoula that hatred will not be tolerated and love will prevail. Particularly during this time of holiday giving, we ask that you please consider donating today to show our club members how a community can rally together to take an act of hatred and turn it into an opportunity to grow and improve. With your help, we can continue to inspire great futures. Another reason I'm a little suspicious here is that a local Good Samaritan has said, 
Hey, my detailing shop would like to remove the vandalism for you free of charge. Call me on Monday. So there's actually no financial necessity to repair the damage, but they're right. still fundraising off of this because of my hate crime or whatever else. because of the else. emotional damage. I suppose so. The one thing I will say to to the to to give uh, or the one thing I will say in favor of this potentially being legit is I headed over to this GoFundMe and I personally inquired: Is there a police report available for this claim? I would like to see it if available. And the, the Katie, the director of the Boys and Girls Club, Missoula, replied: Hi Matt, yes, there is one. It's, you can request one with the Missoula uh, Missoula County Police Department. So I would have called them up today, but they're not open, of course. So yeah. I'm actually going to follow up on Monday. Uh, maybe there is a police report with additional details. Maybe there's not a police report at all, but I find this whole case to be awfully convenient that I'm sure man, there's a police report. I mean, this just was concocted at some kind of boys and girls club meeting where they're like, how are we going to get this $5,000 for this additional van? And they're yeah. like, uh, somebody spray paint a swastika on this. We'll file a police report. So there's corroboration. I'm guessing the, fundraising based on the interaction on Facebook for the giving Tuesday campaign, pretty minimal interaction. The, uh, the, the actual money at stake in this particular GoFundMe is, is minimal. There's uh let's see if I can get this back up here. There's, I think $180 raised uh, for this particular case. Could it be because people's compassion is eroded because of all the fake GoFundMes? <laughs> Potentially Good. so. I can't get it back up here. Never mind. But uh, but yeah, if you go to the GoFundMe right now, it says $180 raised. So I'm guessing that they've had some trouble raising money over at the Missoula County Boys and Girls Club, and they've decided that this uh, is a possible route to do that. Again, I look forward to I look forward to saying I was totally wrong, and there's real Nazis running around Missoula. No, was, they aren't real Nazis because <laughs> real Nazis know what an actual swastika looks like. Yeah. I was talking about this on my, I uh, had a patron hangout before we went live and we were talking about this case and it's like, well, it was just a Buddhist wishing, wishing them good luck with their <laughs> fundraising campaign because of course that's the Buddhist symbol for yeah. good fortune or whatever. I think it's a Hindu. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, someplace over in the far East, whatever. One of those, one of those places I don't know anything about. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I, I and, and I'll say this, if I look into this and it's, and it's totally legit. The Nazis are running around. I'll say, yeah, my bad. Guess no, I was wrong. do you remember that Iron Cross that 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 like meticulously done the swastikas done at the Jewish Center that turned out to be real? Yeah. Yeah, those were no joke. Like somebody knew what they looked like. They very detailed. Yeah. yeah, they're very detailed. It's not these backwards hail Hortler shit. All they're every time it's a backwards swastika, it's fake. Although the one exception I think was the one time in Mississippi, right? No, I, don't, I think it was in Ohio. Remember when the lady wrote like "Hail Trump," and it was on like some that house was for still sale suspicious though because she black had beef realtor. with that realtor. Yeah, and yeah. why? Why would you do that to a listing for a realtor? The realtor didn't live there, right? Right. It was just a picture of a black realtor on the for sale sign. Not even a black person living there. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still, I still question that one. There were charges filed in that case, at least though. Yeah. There was an arrest and charges filed, so I got to go with it, but it was it was weird. Speaking of weird, to close the show tonight, are you ready for the return of surprise cringe? Uh, whatever, dude, fine. You may have seen this already because it has been circulating, but I'm just going to go ahead and play it. Here's the surprise cringe for the evening. Welcome. 
Welcome to Radical Cram School. We're going to learn about social justice, revolution, and how to be powerful in the bodies that you have. Hello, my young comrades. Hi. I'm going to show a picture. This is my way of figuring out if you've been tainted by the patriarchy. Patriarchy? What? Oh, oh I knew that. Who do you think it is? It looks creepy. <laughs> it looks creepy. Why? If you're listening to this, it's a picture of Harvey Weinstein. No. Weinstein. Not yeah. children. It's just like this thing about white people that just makes me feel like, <laughs> you're like, like, they're like right there in a pool and I'm just like walking into the pool and they just give me the death stare and then I'm just like. So if this guy was in the pool, <laughs> not wait. you would moonwalk out. Bad. Does he look like a good Stop. guy or a bad guy? Bad guy. Bad guy. I'm with him there. What do we know about him? <laughs> what do we know about him? He's bad. He's Unfortunately, bad. the president. I want to fire him. I want to build a wall. How do we feel about this wall? It is blo blocking opportunity for people that don't live in America to come here for a better opportunity. And, and uh, we are all came are any of these at some kids point white? from some other place. My dad not. came here and my mom came here too. They came here from where? Cambodia. Oh, wow. What do you think they think that they came from all the way to Cambodia and this is what they get to look at on the TV screen all the time? <laughs> Hello, Really? You think your parents want to go back to Cambodia? Go back to Cambodia then! Yeah. Oh, we came all the way from Cambodia and we have to look at Donald Trump. Well, not lots of not Trumps in Cambodia. Yeah, yeah. you know, if, you're, if your homeland is a better country than this, then you feel free to go back. Hmm. They got a little bit to say about Hello Kitty here as well. God, how old is, is Hello Kitty? What is she missing? Where's yes, where her mouth? No, her mouth? Why doesn't she have a mouth? The people who created her didn't want Asian girls um, to speak up about their, who they yeah, are. Yeah, to speak up about who they are. Very profound. Very profound. Oh my God. What are those parents teaching these poor kids? So to give you some context, Radical Cram School is the project of Christina Wong in Los Angeles. She was the host or the teacher there that you saw. She says uh, on her channel, Radical Cram School is a kid-centric, unscripted web series created by comedian Christina Wong that empowers Asian girls and all kids of color, but not white people. To embrace their identities, fight for social justice, and be the revolution. There are 3,000 subscribers to this YouTube channel. There are six episodes of this particular Radical Cram School series up on YouTube. All the videos, as you'd expect, are massively downvoted. All videos disable comments. The videos were featured by InfoWars this week. Paul Joseph Watson also posted a video about this particular Radical Cram School oh just hours God. ago. And Christina Wong <laughs> tweets... Uh, quote, I learned this week that Nazis don't like my comedy, which is fine. They weren't the intended audience, but for some reason they keep insisting on being my audience, giving me lots of clicks that I'm monetizing. Oh, whatever, bitch. You don't have an audience. Women aren't funny. But they don't. But don't they have some other KKK comedians to heckle? Comedians spelled with three Ks. That's a subpar pun but whatever womp, womp, womp. yeah oh my Not... god can you imagine if the shoe I, I hate this if the shoe is on the other foot we're on the other foot game but if it was a bunch of white kids and they're like if i saw a black kid at a pool i would moonwalk out of there because i'd be <laughs> like ew it would yeah. be wall-to-wall -wall mainstream media coverage for weeks it's so interesting because there's uh, so there's racist. a common leftist talking point yeah that i think uh well i, I don't know but the, the, the idea is uh, racism is learned behavior. No child is inherently racist. 
all that sort of stuff. Well, tell me where this little girl learned to distrust white people by default. Like if yeah. I see a white person, I'm going to get the hell out of there. If it's if that's right. not inherent, then how did she learn this? And why is that? Why is it better or worse than her distrusting a black person or yeah, a, an especially Indian person when or your else? parents and this is demonstrably true for all of these girls came to America because it could offer them a better life than their home country. And then you just come here and shit all over the native people, their values. How ungrateful. How yeah. ungrateful is that? I would never move to another country trying to get a better life and be like, you need to change this, this, and this. I hate your native population. You guys are racist. They'd be like, get the fuck out. Get this blonde <laughs> bitch out of my country. And also, I mean, I just don't understand why Harvey Weinstein was shown at all. And the president of the United States, I guess, Why do these kids know anything sense, about Harvey Weinstein? Why, it just seems like and a And that Hello thing. Kitty thing was totally coached. Come on. Because they don't want a... I have never even noticed that Hello Kitty doesn't have a mouth. You know why? Because Hello Kitty doesn't talk. It's <laughs> well, just on like Because she was designed to silence women that way. To silence Asian girls. It's to silence Asian girls specifically. Yeah. Very profound, says Christina Wong. Whatever. And But uh, yeah, she says it's unscripted. So uh, Christina Wong does, says uh, that was not coached. That was a spontaneous reaction to Hello Kitty from a child. Oh, my God. Well, it must be time to close out because I've lost all my faith in humanity. Thank Correct. you. Correct. And I, I, if we finish up now, I'll be just in time to watch the Vikings lose this game. Oh, they're Just saying like that Hello Kitty was made by a British woman. Is that true? So a British lady specifically wanted to silence the Asian women of the world, so she made Hello Kitty? Other people are saying it was drawn by a Japanese woman. So Japanese, a Japanese woman wanted to... Oh, God. It was created by an Asian woman, yeah. Hmm. Ugh. All right. God. What do you think they know about Weinstein? Those kids? Yeah. I hope little to nothing, but I fear quite a lot. Yeah. I, I worry that they were told quite a lot. Yeah, that's beyond uh, what they should be taught at that age. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, he got a bunch of blonde Hollywood actresses to whore themselves out for roles in exchange for weird sex with his gross body. I bet they all know. <laughs> I bet they know all about it. Yeah, God. maybe. You have to ask them next time. I'm... just letting kids be children and not have to deal with the weight of the world or complex comrades. moral issues or sex or politics. Yeah. Like my God, being a child today must suck. All right. Super chat me out of here. Okay. Uh, uh Oh, Oh, blonde lost her place. Okay. There we go. Uh, John McGee. Hey, the young Turks. How about the Duke lacrosse case? Rolling Stones, UVA article mattress girl. The left has a history of this long before Kavanaugh. PS Anna. I'm fucking better than you. I am yeah. better than you, Anna. Better than you in every way. I just think you're dumb. I just think, I just you're, think you're fucking dumb. dumb. And Skag 3, whoever that is. Yeah. Fred and Circus says, I once made love to Matt right before the show. He remembered to put his hat back on, but he forgot to button up his shirt. Gross. Ah. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I am going, uh, but I'm not going stick style, like, you know, the, the open, open bare chest type thing. Yeah, I'm not I think go that, that would far. make me uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm not um, going to go that far. Rachel Kaplan, love you both. Matt, uh, you get to check off two fan diversity points with me, female Ooh. and Jewish. Blonde, wow. I agree. It's hard to find female friends, sane ones. If you're ever in San Diego, you automatically have a friend down here. Thank you, Rachel. And I am in San Diego every once in a while. Shoot me an email. Maybe we can yeah, link cool. up. Um, Miles Kinslow, hey, guys. Had a crazy thought. What if Ben Shapiro ran for office? His greatest strengths and weaknesses. Um, his greatest strength is that he's so tiny that he can just like duck when people try to hit him you know <laughs> and there he has are, that protective yarmulke on his head 
So I think he'd be. Uh, I think he'd be great. I think he'd do a great job in the debates. I think the other thing oh, that I. Debates, yeah. I think the great thing. One of the things that I admire most. One of the cases he makes that I admire most is that he will make the moral case for free markets and for capitalism, and I like that because I don't like the left stranglehold on the idea that their economics are moral. In fact, I think their economics are fundamentally immoral. And I wish that people on the right, whether they're libertarians, conservatives, whoever, would do a better job of articulating why voluntary exchange, free market, capitalist philosophy is actually the more moral way to go. So I'd look forward to, to that, uh, to him being an effective communicator of those types of values. Biggest weakness, I think, um, I'm not saying he's not charismatic at all. He has a highly successful show. I do think that he is not, I just, I don't know. He's not like the most, he's not like the wink and smile kind of charisma guy. You know what I mean? Uh, he's not, he does have an evil looking face. Yeah. He's uh, very, yeah, he's kind of scowly and he's kind of. Uh, I've only talked about his appearance. Okay. So his greatest <laughs> weakness, his greatest strength, I would say his debate tactics. Yeah. His greatest weakness is that he, uh, he's patronizing, he moralizes constantly, and he has inconsistent principles. Um, he applies differently to his personal philosophies and public philosophies that are very obvious to people. Um, the moralizing. Ooh. Oh, my God. Oh, no. We're going to have to end the show, aren't we? Why don't you mute Carry it? Carry on. I'll tend to this. Okay. Um... Oh geez. Okay, it's gone now. My is house over? isn't burning down. Don't worry. That was that was terrible. Uh, fat <laughs> hooligan. Thanks for refuting the freaking Young Turks. Seriously, the worst foreign state-funded propagandists out there. Now here's some non-Qatari money to help keep your duct tape production. Afloat. Well, thanks. Some That's... people say Qatar. Whatever it is, we're not Qatar. funded by them. We're not Qatari no. funded. I can guarantee you. We are funded you that. by viewers like you. Thank Dangerous spaces. Chank described the life-ruining consequences of false allegations, but they don't call out false accusations against right-wingers. This is so infuriating. I think I'm going to have a brain aneurysm. I know. That was... Yikes. It was, it was tough, yeah. Uh, Philip J. Fry, Matt, I want you to look straight into your camera and tell your audience after all these months that you did not vote for Tester, nor Breckenridge, who what? took votes from Rosen. Well, no. Straight into the camera. I didn't vote for Tester. I didn't vote for uh, I didn't vote for Breckenridge, who was the Libertarian candidate. I voted for Rosendale, and by the way, I voted for Rosendale before the Libertarian dropped out. The reason I did that is because I decided that even though Breckenridge is more aligned with my worldview and principles, and I'm not a huge uh, fan of Rosendale, the Republican candidate, the way the way Kavanaugh was treated. And the principles at stake in that case were so egregious. The, the abuse of principle in that case was so yeah. egregious that I, my number one priority in voting was reducing Democratic power in the Senate and, by extension, making sure that the next time this type of Supreme Court uh, nomination comes around, that the right type of people are confirmed to the court. So, yes, not only did I not vote for Tester, but I voted for Rosendale before the Libertarian even dropped out. But last point on that, unfortunately, the Libertarian dropped out way too late. The difference that the libertarian got something like 3% would have put Rosendale in the Senate over Tester. So that, that it is rather unfortunate the way that worked out. Uh, big Lambda. I love the harp sound of Brown Buffalo hypocrisy. I hope that becomes a regular part of the show. <laughs> the, I don't, um, he's referring to like the dream, the dream, oh. the, the flashback sound effect. I don't like to go to the Jenk young Turks. Well, too frequently, there is a lot of content to work with, but it's like, 
you know, I just, I want to reserve it for only when it's totally necessary. I thought this case was so bad that I had to talk about it. I couldn't believe what I was hearing come off, coming off of that set. Um, I'm trying to reload this page and it's taken forever. Uh oh. Do, 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 do. Don't play it. Don't, don't, don't do it. Don't, no. I, I got a few uh, streamlabs if you need to be bailed out. Oh, I'm, I'm good. Okay. Okay. Not important says, don't be fooled by that portal video service controlled new tech finance by Mark Cuban, supported by YouTube. Tons of press. Guaranteed won't be censorship free. Pubswap.com is the real new tech to watch. I'm with you. Not important. It might it might go bad. I'm not saying like all hail portal. I am saying what I'm reading sounds good. And I am saying any competition I welcome. You know what I mean? And it seems like this is the um, most well-funded competition. Not if it's more of the same. Well, but if it's more of the same, then they're not going to compete with YouTube anyway. They're going to have to have some innovative ideas to pull people over. I guess. AZ Archer, here's some coinage from my favorite YouTube duo Unpopular opinions of this week. Redheads are better than blods. You get the fuck. Whoa. Keep it classy, folks, and pour yourselves a bourbon. That's true. Uh, hot redheads. Let's think. Sansa Stark, of course. Yeah, pointy face, uh, whatever her name is in real life. Uh, old school um, Lindsay Lohan was kind of hot. Yeah, coming up short. Amy Adams is kind of foxy. Um, Isla Fisher. End of list. Mm. That's all the Emma oh, yeah. Stone is. She's a little. Emma Stone. Emma Stone is high. I bet you want to bang her. Those eyes are so yeah. delightfully so far apart. Yeah. Gross. Just perfect. A mile. She wide. shows her boobs in her new movie. So. Oh really? Well, uh, where can I rent it? I'll have to check it out. It's a historical um, movie directed by a woman, so I'm sure it's going to be terrible. Hmm. Ashar says, you boy Shar again, don't take offense to this. I'm glad you all provide clips of these leftists and the ropes they hang themselves with, but every time you do, I click away so I can watch it sped up after. Sure. I hear you. No yeah, offense yeah. taken. Christopher, hey, do you all see the insane um, I-1639 bill that passed in Washington? It makes it effectively impossible to defend yourself in your own home. What? I've heard that Washington State is really cracking down on uh, a lot of gun issues, so I'll have to take a look. I'm not oh, people are saying particular. Christina Hendricks also. Uh, you know, she's a natural it. blonde and her boobs are fake, and she gained 40 pounds so she could fill that niche, like, thick girl role. Uh, yeah, Google and it. She's kind of old. 43? Is she? That's what it says. Wow. She looks pretty good. Hmm. Uh, Pave Hockey USA F89. I subbed to Matt when he only had 5K subs. You that guys, was back in since, Call of Duty. Uh, the beginning, yeah. Since the beginning. This is my first time donating because my four-year and three-month-old are no good low-down money grabbers. <laughs> Drinks if you Un come to Vegas. Thanks, dude. Understandable. Oh, man, that's a bummer. I was I was recently in Vegas, uh, but uh, I am not there any longer. In fact, I can, really, I can reveal this now since I won't be ambushed by any crazies, but I stayed in the Trump Hotel. It was pretty fun. It was, I've never been to a Trump hotel before, but I can vouch for the Trump hotel in Vegas. It was, it was a cool place. <laughs> um, John Martin, Matt once invited me to his live stream. He really seemed to appreciate my commentary down below. If you know what I mean, <laughs> the best, frankly, <sighs> blonde, Brittany Petty, who you looked lovely in those pictures. Yes. I hung out with Brittany Petty when I went to her engagement party this week and she posted a picture of my upper torso. And people were baffled. They're like, oh, Blonde is not just a floating head. Yeah. And she's in a normal. One of the comments on Instagram was, wow, Blonde left her house. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, maybe one day we'll confirm that we do, in fact, have legs. But if you want to see, you can probably go back to like the Daryl Lamont Jenkins video. And I'm sure yeah. there's some legs in there, too. I did get Instagram this week. Too. Oh, did you? Well, I'm really I'm such a like a boomer tech because I didn't know that everything had to be a picture. 
even though Instagram yeah. in the name clearly indicates that every yeah. post must be a picture. But then I was like, I, I don't want to post selfies all the time. I don't want to have a profile like Michaela Peterson where I'm just showing TNA for everybody. And then I was like, I got to shut this down. Jeez, shots fired. Yeah, that chick sucks. Um, <laughs> J. Edgar Abnati is accused while he is in the public eye, then demands welcomes an investigation into himself. I think it's stage and he's virtue signaling to make a Kavanaugh impeachment attempt. That is oh, some tinfoil so staged, hattery. Staged pro, pro Avenatti domestic assault hoaxery. That's what we're. Yeah. Was, I, I want to see how that plays out if that's the case. Um, downskated. What people from Philly and New Jersey are dishonest? Who could have ever seen that coming? Any chance we get a cameo from the cuteness of blondes puppers? If you mean my hmm. other puppy, he's way cuter than Caesar. Big fluff ball. Yes. Who weighs 45 pounds now? Wow. Um, impartial observer. Oh, I got to skip this one. Uh, Alicia Ongren says, playing World of Warcraft and watching your show at the same time, your show is much more entertaining. Why, thank you. Well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Lee, PACNW, love the show. I'm curious what books, video games, comics, whatever that you'd like to be see uh, made into a movie. Ugh. I'm actually I don't know. surprised. I feel like they my, always fuck it up. So my number one list is I'd like to see a um oh games made into a movie. Can I go the other way? Movies or TV made into games? Books, I'm gonna do video comics, whatever. Yeah, fine. Do I'm, I'm going to go the other way. But I'm, I'm I know there's a Telltale series and I thought it was all right. Uh, I played it and it, it wasn't bad. But I'm surprised there hasn't been a bigger, more fleshed out um like game of thrones rpg or action type game game of thrones has not really been in the uh the video game world too much and, and i'd be kind of interested to play one there was rumors that bethesda was going to develop a game of thrones game but i don't think that's uh, that's not confirmed as of this point but that would be my, my number one um as far as childhood books i've i've always wanted there to be a phantom toll booth movie Hmm. But they'd made a Wrinkle in Time movie that got panned, so I'm sure that they're. Did that come out? Too. Wasn't Oprah in that movie? Yeah. Or somebody? I I saw trailers for it at the theaters, but I never saw the movie. Of course. Yeah. Liz P says, "Okay, stop the planet. I went off. How can we take these reporters seriously with Trump when they don't even question a junkie giving his last twenty dollars to some random bitch before running with the story?" <laughs> I like yeah. this girl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised. I don't recall. I don't recall talking about it. Maybe we did, but I don't think I, I was super sharply critical of it before. But to be it's... fair, I think that everything is a hoax. Everything. Yeah. 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 Most things. Yeah. yeah. Um, Semper Ad Meliora. Will you guys be talking about Facebook removing 1.5 billion accounts? Yeah. Did you hear about that? How many accounts on Twitter, YouTube, et cetera, are fake? And why aren't those companies taking action? I'm curious about your thoughts. I'm so disconnected. I don't have a Facebook. I don't have a Twitter. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't imagine there are actually that many bots. Some of these had to be real accounts or inactive accounts. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, didn't really even have hear, much of I didn't even hear about this. Unfortunately, I can't comment on it too much, but apparently that's that's a thing. Kbot video. I would have donated to the bum scan GoFundMe <laughs> scam GoFundMe, but luckily. I'm just a chick who's had my humanity and compassion surgically removed. So fuck them. Keep up the stellar work, fighting the good fight, fighting the good fight. Um, well, thank you. Much appreciated. I like it. Me too. You know, I'd be much more open to giving money to other people and institutions besides an Indian animal organization. If I <laughs> hadn't right. had my sense of compassion completely eroded by homeless people in Seattle, Los Angeles, and New York. I'm just saying. Hmm. Uh, Philip J. Fry, oyve, look at those anti-Semitic kids. I know, horribly racist. Uh, For the JCK hatred of Weinstein, DDSN that says, is. orange man, yeah. bad. He isn't he the worst. 
uh, the coward Liberius Yuko Shimizu, the real life Japanese woman who created Hello Kitty, did so because she didn't want Asian girls to have a voice. These people are cataclysmically stupid. Huh. I'm with you. Let me reload this really quick. Yeah, Ooh. interestingly. She used her own voice to silence other Asian women. It's okay. absurd. Or her own Keith pain. Sladke. No comment on the leftist freak out over mono Monopoly for millennials. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I didn't know too about much it. about the, the freak out, but I, I did see the game. Yeah. I think it's pretty clever. Good for, And good for Hasbro for... You know, as the British say, taking the piss out of uh, taking the piss out of people. I appreciated that. But Monopoly, you know, it's supposed to be about capitalism. They should have socialist Monopoly, where everything is just a collective space. I thought that was kind of the idea. Like you don't actually oh, buy really? property in the game. You just rent. You, you what you have forever? is ex you you have experiences. You don't buy property. You have experiences. Is how the oh, game works. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, Jacob says Matt and Ben once made love on a helix bed with bolt and branch sheets. As Ben's <laughs> ramming powered his MVMT watch, Matt noticed Ben's yarmulke had a fragrance of birch gold, truly the epitome of cuckoldry. Gross. Great story. Great story. Can confirm. Compelling and rich. Compelling and rich. Yeah. Zora Majora. Wait, another WoW player, World of Warcraft player, is watching Matt and Blonde. Also another Jew Jewish female listener here, too. Look wow. at that. We got two of you guys, uh, nerding, nerdy gaming Jewish girls, right? Or was the World Sounds of like Warcraft it. person a different person? My, or was that even a girl? That might have been a dude. Oh yeah. I don't know. We're sorry. If you guys want to, if you guys want to get connected, send me an email. I'll connect the two emails. <laughs> we'll link you up. Yeah. Uh, James Bercy, this is the last one. Uh, Matt, nine millimeter is Euro trash. Forty-five ACP Master Race. A blonde. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to carry forty-five though. I've got, I've got both. I've got handguns in both caliber, but I don't want to carry forty-five. Blonde, when are you going to start a dating site so we can date non-thoughts? I don't know, man. I have so many irons in the fire. I, I, don't, I just don't have time to, to do it right now. But I, I would like to. Although, I, it's just going to be a big sausage party if I do. Hmm. It's going to be dudes 20 to 1, probably. And then we'll have the two Jewish chick gamers, and that'll be it. Yeah, and then that, that one well, chick right. Liz. Yeah. We got three girls for you guys. <laughs> It's going to be rough for them. Or maybe <laughs> they get their pick of the litter, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and then Sarah Jackson. She's always in here, too. Hmm. All right. Y'all finished good. up on Super Chat? Yes? Yeah? Mm -hmm. Okay, real quick, uh, just a couple of um, Streamlabs mentions. Isn't there evidence on TYT and Mattress Girl, Duke Lacrosse, and UVA? Uh, also, for the illegal shooter, see Donut Operator. Um, oh, he, he must have done a breakdown of that illegal immigrant shooting. So, yeah, check that out for sure. Uh, also on HR7115, see Liberty Doll. Oh, I did she, I see, see she uploaded a new video, so I'll have to check that out. She does a good job of um, doing breakdowns on that kind of thing. So I'll definitely give that video a watch. Reticus says, again, I call CCP propaganda from uh, Xi Jinping, President Xi over there, right? Because every one of those kids are Asian, I call for an investigation into Chinese interference into grade school education. Well, on Christina Wong's YouTube channel, she says explicitly that this is for Asian girls. This school is for Asian and not white girls, I guess. Mm. Big no Ed says, allowed. I'm white. I was born white and I'm going to die white in my life. The most racist people I've ever known weren't white. I mean, the, 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 we still live in an age where anti-white racism is the socially and culturally acceptable racism. No yeah. doubt about that. Yep. For 
Big Ed said, can we do something about the young turds? Maybe have uh, Chunk shamed for all of his blatantly false claims. We can Google all the credible sources that counter his claims and send them to him and be like, we Googled it. We Googled (laughs) it. Of course. We're super credible. I should have cut out that uh, that sounder maybe later. Super credible. Yeah. All right. Any uh, anything else before we get out of here? No, we're good. Both my legs are asleep, so it must be time to go. Yeah, I don't know how you do the whole show show on the floor. I that move is around crazy a lot. Time. I should just sit in a chair. But appreciate everybody hanging out and uh, super chatting and supporting the show and uh, hanging out in the chat, keeping us on track with the facts when we aren't quite sure ourselves. If you're listening later on YouTube on demand or uh, on one of our audio platforms, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Remember, there is more material, including the call-in show on the audio platform, so check those out. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, they're all linked conveniently in the description for you, and you can always email us. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. Hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. We will be back next Sunday at our usual time, but we'll probably go shorter, maybe an hour or so, uh, due to the the Thanksgiving weekend. But we'll be back here next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It is Beauty and the Beta. We'll see you then. Bye, guys. Have a good night.